It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Welcome to our show. We've got a we've got a full house here uh, on the morning show because uh, Lisa came back early from a vacation <laughs> that never started. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Lisa. Good morning. So uh, tell us what happened. Last week we were saying, hey, looks like some people are riding in Ecuador. Lisa, aren't you going to Ecuador on vacation? And uh, we were, make, you know, I, I won't say making light of it, but it's like, ha, 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 hope your vacation doesn't get canceled. You're just like, uh, look at Buzz over there. His eyes are saying, I kind of made it happen. <laughs> He's like, I planned the riots. <laughs> He's all, I thought a whole week of having to do, you know, figure out these stories on my own. I was like, nah, fam. So we're going to riot. So <laughs> happy Indigenous Peoples Day. <laughs> did, any, did any of your group get down to Ecuador? Okay, so there's four girls that were going, and we were all coming from different areas. I was coming from uh, the city in which we live. Uh, another girl was coming from uh, Austin. Then we had another, well, technically, I think she came from the East Coast. Then another one was coming from uh, New York, and then we had one coming from L.A. So all over, and we all had different leaving times. So Sheila, which is my my good friend, she left first on, I believe, maybe Thursday or Friday during the day she left. So she arrived in Quito about on Saturday about noon. So she got to Quito. She got to Ecuador. And I was the second that was going to arrive. And I have been calling all week asking, like, hey, is this still happening? Because there's <laughs> riots that are going on. Calling your friends? Or no, calling, calling like the, the travel. I don't know if you used Intrepid. Agency. Yeah, we used the company called Intrepid. Mm-hmm. And so I kept calling them daily. And this poor girl, Sarah, at the home office every day, like, hello, Lisa. Good to talk to you again. <laughs> and so she's telling me, yes, like nothing, like there's no travel alerts we're still having it i'm asking the airline you guys are still flying there yes we're still flying there okay great get to the airport in the morning on saturday this flight's still a go right and they yes it is okay awesome i get to houston i go i have about a three four hour layover check to see where my flight is it's good i go i get myself a cinnabon i come back it's canceled and i say blame the cinnabon that's what I was doing too. I was like, if I would not have wanted that cinnamon, I could have been watching that screen the whole time. So they canceled the flight, that particular flight, or like all the U.S. flights into Ecuador? All were... the U.S. flights. So at that point, I had been checking with Sheila, asking her like, hey, how, how's it going? Like, how are you doing at the airport? Because she was going to go to a hotel for the night, and then we were going to fly out the next morning to the islands. And they were going to uh, the Garoppolo Islands. Yes, the I don't the know Garoppolos. if you heard, heard about that, but mm-hmm. they were taking a trip to the Garoppolo Islands. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Sheila's cousin lives in Quito. So her cousin was going to co- drive to the airport, pick her up, and then take her to her hotel. And then the next morning, same thing, pick her up and take her back to the airport. So her cousin was on her way to the airport to come get her. They actually got stuck in the middle of a mob of people. And they don't know. They're not sure if it was protesters, like pro, pro-government or anti-government protesters, but they got stuck. And they had to end up hiding in someone's house because they were parading a body down the street. And at that point, they called her and said, hey, it's not even safe for us as people who live in the city to be out. So you need to stay at the airport. So she got stuck at the airport at this point. Then my flight got canceled 
all flights. She started sending me screenshots. All the flights were getting canceled coming in. And so at this point, there's people just piling into the airport, but there's no flights going out of the airport. So she said it became just like cabin fever because oh. they at 2.15, the government announced that there was going to be a uh, like a like a curfew at 3 p.m. And they said that they would be attacking people on the streets. So you had people running, trying to get to their houses. Did it's it like purge. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like it was. They were like, you have 45 minutes to get home. And a lot of people, it wasn't feasible. So they were getting stuck in museums, movie theaters, malls, just all these different places. Well, the mall wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. I, I mean, there's plenty of room to hide. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so all these people were getting stuck. And then they started, I mean, it, it started getting really bad for a while. She was telling me the, the air, airport staff had to spend the night at the airport. Nobody could fly out. Out of our group of 15 that I think were supposed to be in this intrepid group, two of them made it. And that's it. My friend Sheila and our other friend Jess are the only two that made it to the islands. And so they said that it's pretty slow. But I mean, just once they started burning down buildings and they were sniper shooting protesters, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go back. Do home you know now. what? Do you know what's what all the riots are about? Right. It's about oil subsidies and a fuel subsidy that was ended. And the indigenous people of the country were not OK with it. So they started started the protests first from there uh you know a lot of the university students joined in and you had people coming in from the amazon that were taking uh, buses they were all carpooling coming down there even from different countries they said to come and protest with the indigenous people so when the guy who's in power now is a guy named Lenin moreno moreno is the president Mm -hmm. and they needed a loan ecuador needed a loan from like the world bank or the International Monetary Fund. Yeah. So they were going to get a $4 billion loan, but one of the things was, hey, you need to quit spending so much on... You need to start practicing austerity. That means cut back on your expenditures. So one of the things they cut back was uh, people would get a, a fuel subsidy from the government, a check to help pay for... Su- so that was part of the deal. You want this loan uh, to get your economy out of the out of the tank... You've got to quit doing this stuff. They quit doing the stuff. The people got mad because they've been getting it from the 70s. And that's what the uh, protest was about. I would not want uh, indigenous people from the Amazon protesting against me because I'd be afraid of poison darts for the most part. You know what? It was interesting to see because they had traditional. Because I've seen Indiana Jones, the uh, Raiders lost. (laughs) They're shooting those poison darts and he's running at the plane. Start the plane, Jack! Start the... I know they do that, and they poison them with, like, this poison from toads. <laughs> no, it, it was a, it was definitely interesting to see, uh, because, yeah, they do have the face paint on and all that. It, like, it looks like they're going to war while they're protesting, uh, but it was... It, I, I felt weird, because also, because Sheila's sitting there at the airport, and I guess they had rations, too. They had to start rationing water and food. So Sheila actually made it to the Garoppolo Islands? She did, but it took her over she spent the night in the airport for over 32 hours i think she was stuck at the airport and you know what Uh, i was like no i would not have survived that i would have been like brandon in the garoppolo islands they got these giant turtles and also everybody's fans of the 49ers for some reason but um 
See, he's trying to tell a joke that only I get, but I don't find it funny because oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And you were going to the Garoppolo. And he's really stretching this joke for like oh, 10 minutes now. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering why you were calling it that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Like I, like oh, I Buzz. There you go. Good job, Joanne. <laughs> is that a person? Like I was stupid. Oh. See, it's always funny when I pretend to be stupid. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't a regular occurrence when you're not playing, then it might be fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's I'm go ahead. i to check my email. <laughs> what? That's you. What? That's what you sound like. <laughs> All right. Joanna. That's you. Let's tell me what's going on at uh, Panera with their mac and cheese. Well, a lot of it's people. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> what did a worker show that they just basically made fro- they make frozen mac and cheese? Because I figure everybody knew that. I mean, at a lot, not just Panera, but a at lot like of places. places. You got, right, right, of course. Yeah, so What's the big deal? A Panera employee lost her job, allegedly, after she posted a video on TikTok revealing that the restaurant chain just freezes their mac and cheese. It was called, the video was a captioned, Exposing Panera, and it says, How Panera Prepares Mac and Cheese. It shows the worker dropping a vacuum-sealed bag of frozen pasta into boiling water, then removing it, cutting it open, dumping it into a bowl, and then serving it. I mean, I assume that at any place I go and get any kind of pasta, they're not back there making their own pasta by hand. Yeah. I mean, if they are, they really need to advertise that because I assume it's pre, you know, everything's right. pre-packaged. Yeah, and this is the thing. A lot of people are criticizing Panera because it's bringing up the discussion about how Panera is thought of as clean, fresh food, but a lot of it actually comes frozen. A rep for the company explained that the entree, along with some of the chain soups, are frozen to avoid using preservatives that don't meet our clean standards. Uh, they say that uh, this worker, though, says that she lost her job because of this and said, I like my job. I wasn't trying to get fired, and I'm sorry. Well, she, what did she do it for? For TikTok, for video, for yeah, attention, social media, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, you got the attention you wanted. So is the lesson here, you don't have to post everything on your social media, kids? I would say or the Or is the lesson... Most restaurants probably heat stuff up. Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's why I was kind of shocked. You're shocked about this? Like, people are upset about this? I feel like most places do this, unless it's usually if it's a local restaurant or a locally owned place, yeah, then it's usually not as frozen. But mm. when you're looking at <laughs> I'm watching the video the other day. It's just sealed in a little package. And she- that wouldn't change. <laughs> like, say I love Panera mac and cheese, which mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been to a Panera, but say I love their mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. If I found out they were just boiling it and it was frozen, I was like, well, I love it. So, what, like, I mean, it's not like that's Can harmful. I order? Yeah, you're like, can I get these vacuum sealed bags too at yeah. my house? Because I can boil water yeah, there. Tell them to go. Can yeah. I bring a growler and you fill that up or something? <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're uh, Disney was tweeting all day yesterday. I mean almost maniacally tweeting oh, yeah. out the schedule and all the th- titles that will be available on Disney Plus in what, a couple weeks? Less than a in couple less weeks? Couple weeks? Less yeah. than a less couple than weeks, yeah. Less than a couple weeks. Gargoyles! <laughs> Lisa, currently Brandon and I are trying to get Buzz to buy us Disney Plus. Well, yeah, this is a work expense. It's an even, tra- well, but it's also an even trade because we told him that we'll help him set up his Disney Plus if he and just pays for ours. And Brandon is going to help him set up that alarm clock he has not yet figured out. Yeah. 
Bring that thing in, and that's worth about like a year of Disney mm-hmm. Plus for yeah. everybody I'm not on the show. buying you guys Disney Plus. Well, it's then I guess cheap. Then I guess your alarm's just going to sit there as a paperweight. They've been coming up with all these Disney movies. So, you know, they're classic Disney films. Oh, yeah. Like Dumbo just, and Fantasia, but D- Disney also put out a lot of, Disney a lot of forgotten stuff. The, I, I think that's what people like the most. Like, for me, I was always a big fan of, please don't judge my life, uh, all the made-for-TV movies that Disney did. Like, I love them. Johnny Tsunami. I loved Cadet that. Kelly Cadet Kelly was my Kelly favorite. Was one. Um, I also, Wish Upon a Star was a good uh-huh. one. Um yeah, I loved him. Luck of the Irish. Ah, yeah. I'm These telling are, you, a very yeah. goofy movie is one of the underrated Disney I classics. I love a goofy movie. That soundtrack, right? It's great. Yeah. Powerline is amazing. Oh, he's the best. All right, so I'm going <laughs> to We re- lost that question during the Disney trivia. Oh, no. <laughs> that was all. Power surge. <laughs> I met him at Disneyland in March. It was great. Who, Goofy? Powerline. Oh, yeah, oh. him too. Powerline was there. Oh, my God. I'm going to read a sentence that makes no sense to me. Okay. If anybody can make heads or tails sure. out of this. This mm-hmm. was reported in the news yesterday, and I read it, and it's like, it. you know what it reminds me of? What's Those that? word magnets that you rearrange and just make random sentences uh-huh. out of. Oh, like the poetry ones? Yeah. Listen to this. Fortnite ended its season 10 <laughs> mm-hmm. in the most dramatic way possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sending the entire game ecosystem into a virtual black hole. I don't understand what any of that means. Uh huh. What uh, is a ecosystem? I knew what nothing is a about virtual this black hole until, thankfully, my twelve-year-old nephew explained it all to me. All right, and I will explain it to you too. Fortnite, their ecosystem went down into a black hole. I'm lost already. What's an ecosystem? They live in this whole universe, right? And so, when you get on to play it, you're playing it live with other people. And they live in this kind of... So, imaginary world. Yes. It went into Not a black ecosystem. hole. It went into a whole black hole, Buzz. Okay, what does that mean? It literal black hole. Like, so there was just a play? black screen with a little hole in the middle swirling for about 20-some, over 24 hours. And so, it if just people came went to up. play Fortnite, they couldn't they play could Fortnite? They could not play it at all. And they were just watching this black hole. The black hole didn't explain itself. Like, nope. we'll be back shortly. But there were Stay hints tuned. that they were like, oh, season 11 will be coming soon. Oh. Surprise, Fortnite didn't create just season 11. They created a whole chapter two, season one. I don't understand what that means either. I don't either, but that's what's happening right now. So they if have you're this on whole season new 11, chapter. How is it a chapter two? Because that was season one, Buzz. I don't Think of it as season one, episode 11. And that ends season one. They are now in season two, uh, chapter one, and that's kind of season two, episode one. Or They're eleven. Or eleven. Or, okay. But no, mainly chapter two. What did these What did these kids that play Fortnite every every day do for twenty four hours? Just they like, just watched. This they black just watched hole. the screen and My drooled. My nephew that's watched what I they just somebody watched. else watch this black hole. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" He says, don't worry about it. He's all like, there's a black hole. You've got it. And I'm all, where? And he's all, in Fortnite. (laughs) That is. So I had to, I was like taking notes. I'm all, please explain this to me. What is happening? Your nephew Mm -hmm. was watching another guy watch the black hole where Fortnite was supposed to have been. Okay, got it. And then they had the whole day off yesterday. He just watched somebody else watch a black hole. Oh, because it was Columbus Day? Yeah. What'd your daughter do yesterday? Did she watch the black hole too? 
or watch somebody else watch I, the black I'll hole. I'll ask her if she watched any black hole. I know she had piano lessons yesterday. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was going on. So yeah, that's what's happening at Fortnite. Chapter two. So you still lost Buzz? No, but what I'm realizing is you have just explained to me how Fortnite could even be a bigger waste of time than it already is. Yeah. Oh, everyone's <laughs> so excited because you can earn like V-Bucks, I think is what they're called. Mm-hmm. And by playing them, you can get up to like 50 or 1,500. Kazumtide? I don't know what those are, but they are important and a big deal. All right, you guys ready for random facts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. these random and facts mean nothing. It's time for <laughs> random, random, random facts. All right, on our random facts segment, we uh, make sure, you know, double check our sources so that we, we believe we're giving you good facts here. Okay. And uh, there's no unifying thread or common theme. That's why they're random. All right, random fact number one. French law requires all dead bodies transported into France to have identification. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in 1974, when the mummy of Ramses II was transported from Egypt to France, the mummy had a passport and on the line for occupation, mm-hmm. it listed King Deceased. Nice. Because that's the law in France. That's cool. Random fact number two. <laughs> Uh, Eric B. and Rakim. 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 Who who are Eric B. and Rakim? They're only two of the you know greatest rappers ever. Okay. Eric B. and Rakim filed a lawsuit against Island Def Jam over their album, Paid in Full. The reason they filed the lawsuit is they hadn't been paid in full eh. for doing the album. Oh, I see what you did there. Wow. <laughs> And random fact number three. Barbie has had more than 200 different jobs. Oh, and yeah. despite the way she dresses, Hooker isn't one of them yet. <laughs> the jobs that Barbie's held include astronaut, doctor, mm-hmm. rapper, mm-hmm. and Canadian Mountie. Oh. oh. All of those jobs have been held by... Uh, Barbie, because a woman can do a woman doll can do anything a man doll can do. I had a veterinarian for seventy Barbie. cents on the dollar, huh? I had a veterinarian Barbie. It was uh, my daughter had veterinarian. Nice. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Disney yesterday spent three hours tweeting every movie and TV show that's coming to Disney Plus. So if three. Hours if you had your work. tweet alert on, Tight. just nonstop. That's what I was showing Brandon yesterday in this in the meeting. That was just the beginning. Uh, then when it first started. After they did that, they released a three-hour, seventeen-minute-long commercial for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. The streaming wars have officially begun. Disney Plus doesn't actually launch until November the twelfth. But they fired off uh, a bunch of tweets yesterday. Spent three hours. Some people would say Disney was spamming Twitter with hundreds of rapid-fire tweets. You shut your mouth. That is not spam. Individually announcing. Spam's unwanted, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Announcing all the movies and TV shows that will be loaded on Disney Plus from day one. Uh, The titles were fired off chronologically by their original release dates. 
So it started with 1973 Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and uh, went all the way up to the new Star Wars show, The Mandalorian, which I guess that means as soon as Disney yeah. Plus is Day on, of. you'll be able to... Mm-hmm. Are they dropping the whole season or is it one episode a week? I can't remember. I'm not sure about that. I'm excited. But You could go released. off the tweets and just go from the beginning to the end. Just like, what are you doing? Just I'm already in 1987 right now of the Disney movies. Deep into Christmas weekend. <laughs> as, as if that weren't enough, they released a commercial that was over three hours long for Disney+. Plus. Uh, they called it basically everything coming to Disney Plus in the U.S., and it's a video montage Ooh. of all the titles. Oh, that's a blog right there. So the commercial was actually longer than the tweet storm. Nice. But this is not so the longest many. commercial of all time. Oh, it's I had not. said that it was, but according to the Guinness Book of World Records, that honor goes to a Brazilian Old Spice commercial that debuted last year, which was last some, year. Yeah, 2018. A Brazilian Old Spice commercial that somehow was 14 hours long. Uh, so. The uh, Disney rollout reminded a lot of people of mm-hmm. bizarre Disney movies. Yeah, but you know, Disney way, was putting out a lot of live action in the 70s, especially. Mandalorian will be one episode a week. Oh, okay. That's fine. So um, we thought mm-hmm. we'd, we'd do this an uh, interesting way. Joanna's picked out some pretty obscure titles, and you're going to ask me if I, if I know what they are. Yeah. Because, and here's how I would know. Not that I went to see that many movies. I did. I saw, you know, a normal amount of movies, but Disney had this thing called uh, Wonderful World of Disney on Sundays. Oh, nice. That would show these commercials that had come out primarily in the 60s and 70s. Okay. So I, I might know it from that. Okay. Go ahead. Let's start from 1972, The Biscuit Eater. <laughs> what? I thought you'd like that no. one. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like we're walking on thin ice there. Who was eating the biscuits? Um, A little girl, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, a dog. A dog was eating the biscuits. Oh, I thought you were going to have a little synopsis. When a dog, bir- a bird dog trainer receives a dog that he deems unteachable, his young son Lonnie and Lonnie's best friend decide they'd like to have a go and purchase the dog for themselves. Training him provides to be an arduous process, but the boys preserve, uh, persevere successfully, teaching him how to point quail. Okay. Eventually, All right. I think that uh, gives you an idea of why this didn't become a modern-day classic. The biscuit oh. either, eater. Right, give me another one. The Story of Perry from 1957. Luke Perry? No. Perry with an I. Oh. No, I've never heard of that one. It's a squirrel. <laughs> a pine squirrel encounters many different forest creatures, both friendly and dangerous, it, as it grows up. Is it animated or live action? No, it's a live action squirrel. It's like, yeah. Wow. How good was their CGI back then? Did they make it look like a real squirrel? I don't think the squirrel talks. <laughs> no, I remember they were, they were able to manipulate it. That was the whole thing with the lemmings. How everybody thought that, oh, these lemmings just jump off this cliff to their death. Disney manufactured that. They had people off screen, like, shooting Shoving. the lemmings off the cliff. That movie I did see, it was like a uh, Disney World Explorer. Mm-hmm. It's Wonderful kinda, World of Color, maybe? I, don't know. I saw it in they school. They a lot of they, nature stuff on that. They showed it in school, so I probably saw it like in a science class or something. But. <laughs> yeah, but that, for years, people legitimately thought that, oh, yeah, if lemmings one are lemming, these animals that just, if one lemming limp jumps off this cliff, they all follow. They're, they're, that's what the video game Lemmings was based on. 
was it just you had them running off these cliffs and come to find out Disney basically manufactured that whole thing. All right, give me another one. The computer wore tennis shoes Kurt from Russell. 1969. Kurt Russell, uh, when he was like still teenager, oh, maybe he early twenties. So young here. He Look. is in some kind of lab accident, Ooh. and he he's like, so handsome. Like his brain becomes a computer. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, it's treated like a superpower, but when you think about it, we're all kind of like the computer wore tennis shoes because we all have like the power. I mean, think about how much computing power we all have. Maybe not in our head, but in our pocket. In our pocket, yeah. Yeah, yeah that is correct. Uh, an yeah, electrical storm fuses the computer's brain to his, and he becomes a genius. Kurt Russell in 1969. Good job, Buzz. Yeah. Absent-minded professor. Absent-minded professor is one of them. Uh, Fred McMurray? I don't remember the guy's name, but I remember that's where <laughs> Fred McMurray started. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah, that was the Flubber was a remake of the Absent-Minded Professor because the stuff that he creates in Absent-Minded Professor is called Flubber. Was that ah. was that Jerry Lewis then? No. Oh man, I remember Flubber. Like I, I distinctly remember some of the scenes from Flubber, and not the who did the remake. Robin Williams. Robin, Robin Williams was in the remake. An Absent-Minded Professor. Remember because they put it in the car and it made the car fly. Yeah, that that wasn't fully explained. No, <laughs> like I know no, it's real, no, not at real all. bouncy, but how does yeah, the car Fre- fly? Was, yeah, Fred McMurray was was nah. the absent-minded professor, and that was I'd... how. This says, uh, not only does the professor's Model T Ford fly through the air with the greatest of ease, but his secret weapon helps the college basketball team to victory uh, thanks to flubber enhanced boots because they can bounce. So it's all about the flubber. <gasps> oh, I'm gonna watch that when that comes out. Okay, how about Gus from 1976? Oh, is that the one about the donkey? That kicks field that goals. That kicks field goals, yeah. yeah. It was about wow, this yeah. donkey. It's like Air Bud before Air Bud. Oh, you did what? <laughs> it, was this football, it was this football team that was terrible, and they found out that it, they had this donkey, and he, he, what did he say? The guy, the kid who owned the donkey had a, a, a phrase or a word that he said that would get the donkey to kick. And it was like, oh, Hoyle or something like that. And oh, I think, Hoyle. I think the donkey oh. <laughs> didn't run and kick the ball. He, no, he backed up to there. the ball. Uh, no, and kicked it like backwards, and it would go through the field goal every time. So it was, I believe Don Knotts might have been. It. Yes, it I is. I think he was, yeah. It is him. Like the incredible he was Mr. Limpet. Coach Venner was who he was. Saw that one in the theater. And Ed Asner, yeah. The Apple Dumpling Gang. Oh, yeah! From 1975. Tim Conway and uh, Don Knotts. Don Knotts. And I, it was in the Old West. I think there were, you know, it was kind of like a cowboy thing, but it was Disney, mm-hmm. so there were some kids involved. And, and there was, was, it, a, was it a book? There was also a sequel. Yeah, the, the Apple, Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I remember that one. Unidentified Flying Oddball. From 1979. Yeah, I vaguely remember that one. I don't know who would have, unless maybe Don Knotts was in that one. <laughs> You're just going to say Don Knotts were all of them. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like he was in this. Yeah, um, I, I guess the guy invents some kind of flying machine that, like a jetpack, maybe, something like that. Oh, this says. I only vaguely remember okay. Unidentified Flying Oddball. While on a space mission, astronaut Tim Trimble and his android clone, Hermes, 
are accidentally sent back in time to the era of King Arthur, befriending the legendary English leader. Tom Intermaze oh, must stop a scheme by all. the wizard Merlin. Wait, wait, what? Wait. What? What, what does unidentified flying oddball have to do with going back to the time of King Arthur? Because they're on a space mission, and they instead go back in time. God, I thought I remembered this one, but apparently I don't. Well, I'm going to watch that when right. it comes out. Wasn't the deal like they found him in a village like in Romania or something? Or am I getting uh, my movies confused? <sighs> they found the donkey like, in some kind of poor village or something. Give me another title. Darby O'Gill and, and the, the Little, little people. people. Yeah, they showed that on... With a young... Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah, I think it was a musical. And, you know, the the, the dwarves were just like shrunk down little people. That they, oh, okay. Like they green screened or something. I don't know what the yeah. tech would have been back then, but that's probably like a 50s. Was it from the 50s? 59, yeah. It was way before, well, maybe not way before, but it was before he was James Bond. Oh, and he sings been, yeah. in this one. <laughs> the Barefoot Executive from 1971. I believe that was a chimpanzee that somehow started running a company or something. Yeah, Kurt Russell also comes yeah, out in it. That's right, Kurt Russell was in that one. Bus, you are doing great. How these about? weren't great movies. I mean, these weren't Whoa. good, but they What's did. Your point? They Whoa. did churn them out Easy. in a hurry. Easy, pal. Okay. How? The Incredible Mr. Limpet is an amazing movie. <laughs> Is Incredible Mr. Lippet even a Disney movie? I don't know, but it's got Don Knotts in it. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to assume, yeah. So there there was a period where Disney was doing, you know, Snow White and mm-hmm. Cinderella, and all these movies were, were really seen as great, you know, great works of art. Yeah, okay. Incredible Mr. Lippet wasn't even Disney. And then they went through a but period a in, where they went to live action, you know. Yeah. They kind of, I mean, they still did some animation, but it really became live action. That's about the time heavy. they did, like, what was it, Escape to Witch Mountain yeah. or and all those? Yeah. No. Then in the, uh, yeah, the 80s, they kind of brought back more animation, but it was, you know, pre CGI. So. Then the real golden era was when they had uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Beast blah, blah, blah. Lion King. And ever since then, they've really stayed with the animation. I cannot recommend more to people to watch, if you're a big Disney fan, a movie called Waking Sleeping Beauty. It is so good because it goes through that kind of dead zone, that funk that they had in the 80s and how they were having so much trouble uh, finding more hit movies because I think that was around the time that they did The Sword in the Stone which really wasn't successful and then, although, you know, Joanna is a big fan of Madame Mim now. Yeah, and that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Joanna the other day just catch her in there is like long purple hair. Archimedes! What, like Archimedes! The, are you talking about the what are you talking about? The secret <laughs> sword in the stone. Oh, I thought you said Nim, like the secret of Madame Nim. Mim. No, Madame, yeah. no. That's the villain in the sword in the stone. Give me, uh, give me two more. Um. Okay. Yeah, the big thing that... So that, sorry, I was looking up at movies that I would watch. Well, the big thing that sparked <laughs> that rejuvenation was when Michael Eisner took over as CEO, and that's what he... He was able to kind of get the creative aspect going with a lot of the animation, which led to Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, all those movies. But the thing that really faltered while he was CEO was the theme parks. Word. That was the one thing he could not grasp for some reason. 
The Million Dollar Duck. <laughs> no, I don't no. Re- even I don't remember Million Dollar Duck. When did that come out? In 1971. <laughs> and it says, Albert Dooley, played by Dean Jones, a financially strapped scientist, and his wife think their money problems have been solved when the duck Albert has been experimenting. The duck uh, Albert he has been experimenting Wait, this on. one lay, actually lay golden eggs? Lay yeah. golden yeah. eggs. Yeah, I do remember that. Oh, like I said, eggs these, with golden yolks is what it is. These were these were not good. Do you like have a lot of these? Were not good. I don't know. I want to see this duck now. Do you have that darn cat on there? That darn cat is on. This here. was a cat that got involved in some bank robbers, but like foiled the bank robbers. And as I recall, one of the bank robbers was played by Frank Gorshin. The <laughs> TV's The Riddler. From oh, the I think that also had. Fred McMurray in it too. Fred it? McMurray. See, Disney. He was kind of that guy. Like they, they had their guys. You know, he was that guy from Disney. Fred McMurray was one for a while. Dean Jones was another one. Like Dean Jones was in a bunch of Disney movies in the sixties. Bob Crane was, and then like it got out that Bob Crane was really into uh, like sex parties and orgies and stuff like that. <laughs> oh. Bob Crane <sighs> played Colonel Hogan, and he was going to be like this Disney thing. Anyway. There's a movie called Fast. Uh, it, it's got Fast Greg, Times at Richmond. No, it's got Greg Kinnear plays Bob Crane and Willem Dafoe plays his buddy. But anyway, it, it talks about how Bob Crane was on track to be the next Fred McMurray or Dean Jones for Disney, and Disney found out he was into like wild group sex and stuff, and they said, and "No, like, we're hey, that's pull stuff the plug we keep that. private here in this yeah, corporation." That's right. What about uh, Herbie the Love Bug? Herbie goes bananas. Oh, yeah, don't you remember? And then they did a remake with Lindsay Lohan that did not do well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely remember Herbie the Love Bug. Um, They had toys, you know, when I was a kid that were kind of centered around Herbie the Love Bug. Xenon Girl of the Future, Lisa. (gasps) Girl of the 21st Century. Oh, here, I'll give you a Disney animated movie that they did do kind of like in the 70s that I think is really underrated. The Rescuers. Yeah. Did you guys oh, ever I see the, the Rescuers? Rescuers? I did not like that movie. Where you've got oh, yeah. the, uh, the naked lady in the window yeah. as they're flying through the city. She That's is right. actually on the television, but yes. You got to go, <laughs> but it's in a window as they're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, in, it's inside an apartment. Yeah, and they had to take it out. They had to recall all the movies and then re-release them. I love The Rescuers. I remember The Rescuers theme song because it was one of the record albums we got that had the story and all the music on oh, it. Oh, really? follow along with the storybook. Here I it goes. Those. You ready? Yeah. R-E-S-C-U-E mm-hmm. Rescue Aid Society Heads held high Touch the sky You mean everything to me In a jam, in a scrape When there seems no escape R-E-S-C-U-E <laughs> Rescue <laughs> Aid Society <laughs> I told you. I just had a horrible cough. beautiful. Alright, let's take a break. <laughs> It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We're going to have attorney Justin Underwood dropping by this morning. We're going to have an Ask a Lawyer segment. So when Justin arrives, you know, we'll... We got a few things we want to ask you, but we're going to get to your phone calls pretty quick. So he is en route. Make sure you have uh, the phone number handy if you're going to call in. It's just uh, some legal advice. I mean... uh, I we we always mention this is you know he's just hearing a brief version of what you got going on. It's not like a real legal consultation, but it it's yeah. you know if you need pointed <laughs> in the right direction. So uh, here's the phone number when Justin Underwood comes in for Ask a Lawyer. It's toll free eight four four three zero five six two one zero. That's eight four four three zero five six two ten. 
And uh, that'll be coming up here in just a few moments. All right, I got a couple of things. They did a survey on airplane etiquette and uh, found out which things are are considered not okay to do. There was a... I don't know if you saw the this story uh there was a woman and she was on a plane and she popped she like she took her shoes off and she had mm-hmm. a boil or Bro. a blister ah. and she lanced it and it when it popped oh, it no. got on the people next to her on the, the plane no. yes before it took Sick. off so they had to delay the flight because uh the woman was escorted off and i don't think she got in any trouble but come on don't pop a That's freaking so blister gross. on a plane pardon Biohazard. Where's that voice coming? From? It's Joe. It's Joe. Do you have his mic up? Yeah. I don't Do think Joe realizes mic? you got to get right you on gotta, the mic. Right. You got to be up close to the mic, Joe. I thought that was Brandon whispering biohazard in the yeah. background. No. Biohazard. Okay. <laughs> they asked questions and then they broke it up a percentage. Uh, is it okay to ask a stranger to switch seats so you can sit with someone? I think it depends. If you're nice, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know. But the, the thing is they do now is that they charge a lot for certain seats on the plane. Yeah. And especially even on Southwest, which is pick your own seating, they charge you to be one of the front people, the first people to get on the plane. And so if you're getting on and all of a sudden oh. you're like, hey, you want to switch? It's like, well, for that person, no, I spend an extra $50. For an aisle seat or whatever. Yeah, so I could choose my seat before uh, you did. I almost did that on you know, my way back from Houston. Because the, the seats, when I was flying United and the seats right behind first class, they have extra leg room. So you have extra room to spread out. And the guy next to me, his wife was sitting a couple rows back, but then I was like, oh, no, fam, she has a tiny seat. I'm going to stay up here. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm good. That reminds me of that show Lisa and I were watching for weddings and a funeral. Oh, yeah. There's two friends that are on a plane, but someone's in between them, and the person's like, would you like me to move so that you two could sit next to each other? No, we're not talking to each other. <laughs> but then they continue talking over the person. Well, uh, asking a stranger to switch seats, 81% of people said it's fine. Yeah. But... I see. I see Brandon's point. Yeah, but it's yeah. Like I planned ahead. I got this seat because I wanted to sit here and probably spend extra money. I'd be like, "Where are you sitting at?" As long as it's either like a comparable switch or something better. Like, hey, like, can oh, I take we're... that middle seat and you can have the aisle? Oh, okay, all right, fine, down. What if they fall asleep on you? Do you wake them up? Oh, I've never had it. I would be so creeped out by that. I try to make you know, myself minutes, a small you know, like two, three minutes just to catch their just to catch their wrist. <laughs> All right, here's one for you. Is it okay to recline your seat? Yep. Forty percent said no. No. It's bad etiquette to recline your seat. That's to which what I it's say there for. first of all, it reclines like an inch and a half. I was gonna say I don't even think it's worth it to recline the seat. Second of all, it they make it to do it, so it's okay to do it. Right. If they did, if you, if it wasn't okay to do it, you wouldn't be able to do it's it. It's there for a reason. And, the, and your head's not in the middle of somebody's legs. It reclines like a smidge. I have worked with people who fought and fought and fought to say it is not okay to recline your seat. It's rude if you recline your seat. I don't agree with it at all, but... Off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as uncomfortable as flying is... If I get an inch and a half to recline my seat a little bit, it's not, it. it's not going to hurt you. And it's obviously it's okay because they're made to do that. 
bringing outside food like McDonald's depends on the, on the food. Okay, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like if you're bringing a tuna fish sandwich on, get How off the plane. How is it? There, man, I, there was a plane. Fl- I can't remember where I was going, but there was this lady on this one plane flight. And thankfully, it was a shorter flight, just maybe an hour and a half. There was a lady who. Let it be known that she was uncomfortable flying to anybody within maybe a five seat radius of her because she wouldn't shut up about it before the plane took off. I hate flying. Yeah, she's like, oh my God, I have to tell you, I just, I'm so uncomfortable flying, but don't worry, I'll be fine. I can handle it. Oh God. So she ends up, as the the flight is in the air, she pulls out this stinky ass soup and starts eating the soup on the plane (sighs) and then proceeds to do yoga in the aisle. <laughs> nice. No way. Yeah. At some point, I'm thinking, oh, it's impractical jokers. They're on my plane. Just, right? Is, uh-huh. Yeah, you, you start to think that. that like, there's no way that somebody would be this unaware of what they're doing. Well, 34% said don't bring outside food on the plane. It really depends on what it is. Oh, Joe. And so how the, smelly they it do is. Have, they did ask the one you asked about. Awesome. Waking someone up if they fall asleep on your shoulder. I would say I would go for no, just to be polite. Fifteen percent said no. So what's that? Eighty-five percent say it's 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 not bad etiquette to wake somebody up. I'd wake somebody up. Give like, but you don't have to be harsh about it. Well, I mean, or you could. You could just move out of the way. Like if they're asleep on your shoulder, just lean over so they slam their head down really quick. (laughs) Is it okay to take your shoes off on a plane? No. Oh. Joanna? I'm sorry, what was that? I said turn your microphone on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Our guest is here. Oh. <laughs> now, no, guys, finish the segment, then we'll go to the next segment, <laughs> the way we always do. Yeah, well. I was just getting Christ things ready. <laughs> I don't even remember now. Professionalism's not high today. Is it okay to take your Wake shoes somebody off oh, on a plane? Off. Oh, take your shoes off. I wouldn't. 62% say it's not okay to take your shoes off. That I number should if, be a lot higher. But here's the thing. If, if I've seen people clipping their toenails gross. on a plane. Okay, gross. don't make it too comfortable. Like, take your shoe off, but don't start, like, clipping your toenails and if popping you don't your have, boils. Look, if somebody who's going to take their shoe off in an enclosed cylinder that's <laughs> two miles above the earth, that's just the beginning. They're going to be getting in there and, and digging out their toenails and Gross. whatever else, you know, massaging their piggies. If you don't have smelly feet and you're keeping them underneath the seat in front of you, like you're keeping them to yourself where they're not in anybody's way, then I don't see any problem with it. But if you're one of those people that pops them off and then you put them on the back of the armrest of the seat in front of you, that's a no-go. All right, you turn about- to the side, there's a toe looking at you. I got Gross. two more. Standing in the aisle as soon as the plane lands. I don't, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't affect really, me, but yeah. it is obnoxious. It's like, dude, the, the line will, is going to move. It's right. like that guy who's behind you at a red light, and the second it turns green, honk. I, think of it this way, though. I, I always wonder, why do you jump up as soon as the plane lands? They're not going to open the door for another three or four or even five minutes. Right. They've got to secure the cabin. You know, all that stuff. And then everybody but, in front of you's got to get their bags from the uh, overhead. Yeah, no, see, but, but if nobody jumped up as soon as it landed, somebody would get up and just go right up to the front. True. See, but so the one thing that irritates... it blocks people from just getting yeah. up and running to the front. So. The one thing that irritates me about that, though, is like you have the people that stand up and wait. But like you said, you wait for the people in front of you to get up and leave. And the other, uh, the other day when I was getting up to grab my bag, this guy just bum rushes me and like jumps and pushes me. I'm like, oh, excuse me. And he looks, he's like, 
uh, well, I'm just trying to walk by and I'm like, and I'm trying to grab my bag so you can wait. And I like just open the thing, Ooh, grab damn. my bag. But I mean, it was just rude because like I'm. That parking lot incident all over again. I mean, because I was already standing up halfway into the aisle and he hits me and knocks me almost back down into the seat. And I'm just thinking, you know what? Now you're going to be even more late because I'm going to take my sweet time grabbing my bag out of the seat. could have totally ended up in the game. Did it happen on an airplane? I mean, my, I would have <laughs> okay, actually. So listen to this one. On the one about standing up in the aisle as soon as the plane lands, 85% of people said, not okay. Not good etiquette. Eh. It's higher than I thought. How about hmm. this one? Clapping when the plane touches down. That's so weird. Why do people do that? If if you like been struck by lightning and three of the four engines went out and you meant clap, <laughs> then clap then. for your life right if there. If you had a routine <laughs> flight from Albuquerque to Phoenix, you don't need to clap when the plane lands. If you're under six years old, yeah, go ahead, clap, clap. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, you did your job. Woo! There was one time I was Thanks on a plane for not though, killing us. and the the, you have the to... whole plane did it because it was a rough, rough landing. As we were coming in, the plane was bouncing enough that if you looked out at the wing, it looked like the wing was flapping. Like oh. that's how hard it was bouncing. Did it look like there was a monster out on the wing? No, but I was looking. <laughs> trust me. There. Something on the way uh, of this plane. <laughs> it's going to kill us all. <laughs> but no, we landed, we made it. And, and that, that's, that was one of the times where I was like, okay, like the pilots deserve some credit here because that was rough. Yeah. If it was a bumpy flight or if it looked a little touch and go there for a while, applaud. Also, if you're an adult who has to wear a helmet when you ride public transportation, you can applaud. <laughs> so, but if you're a regular adult person, you don't need to applaud a routine landing. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Attorney Justin Underwood is here with us today. Good morning, Mr. Underwood. Good morning, everybody. It's time for our Ask a Lawyer segment. We uh, want to get into in just a, uh, a minute or a couple of minutes. We got a call first. Uh, the shooter, uh, the Walmart El Paso shooter, was yes, arraigned last week. Correct. And he uh, entered a plea of not guilty. And a lot of people right. were were outraged by that. But there's there's a lot. Yeah, we'll we'll talk we'll about it, about yeah. what that that means. Let's talk to Marie, first of all. Hi, Marie. Good morning, Marie. Hello. Hi, Marie. You have a question for Justin Underwood? Um, yes, it's, it's actually like a custody question. Sure, go ahead. Um, so a couple years ago, I was um, assaulted by the father of my child. Okay. Did you call the police? Yeah, he's in prison right now. Okay, okay. So he's um, going to get out eventually. Uh, he's in prison for some other things that he did as well, and one of them is uh, indecency with a child. Understand. Oh, God. So, my question is, I want to get full custody of our son with zero visitation rights. Is that something that I would be uh, able to get? You got a pen and a piece of paper? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> WyattUnderwoodTrialLawyers.com. Go to that webpage or call 485-9100. Uh, mm -hmm. Ask for an appointment with our family lawyer. I have a, a, a good feeling that you'll probably be able to accomplish most of what you want. All right. So Marie My is explaining a condition where the father of the child right. has is in prison for some some crimes against children. Right. She doesn't want the father around Which, at all. Does anyone blame her? No. 
No, absolutely no, I don't. I, 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 Maria, I, I think that that's absolutely, absolutely a reasonable reason, a reason to sit down with a lawyer and talk about what your options are. Absolutely, without question. Um, another thing is that his his parents, his my, my child's grandparents, are very. Um, so, how do I put this? They they took me to court for for grandparents' rights, which I understand. Sure, that, sure. That, that that's all good. But when he gets out, he's going to be living with them. So okay, that's that's, another, that's something that's that. Another, all of these things, this is exactly why we have family courts and family lawyers for them to sort all that stuff out. What was the outcome? You say they took you to court for grandparents, right? Did they get grandparents' rights? Yeah, and I, did, I didn't have a problem giving them that. Um, Sounds like they're good people, right? Yeah, they're, they're good. Okay. It's, just, it's, it's their son that I have the issue. Right. Well, I, so I, no, one, no one blames you for that. But there are specific types of orders that can be tailored for every single family situation that you can imagine. So that's really Could what you're going to Could they conceivably do something where if, if the child's going to visit with the grandparents, it can't be in the home absolutely. or they can't, the father can't yes. be present. Absolutely. All these different things. Absolutely. Need to, but you can't do it yourself. You cannot you get do it yourself. Lawyer. You have to have an order from a court laying out the guidelines of, of what you can do, what you cannot do, who can be around the child, how long they can be around the child. And re- remember, the ultimate question that is, is asked in every single family court case is what is in the best interest of the child? So the court, if they find that it is in the best interest of the child to maintain a relationship with their grandparents, they're going to, but, but not with the father, they will address that and they will lay out the details of how you, um, you work out so that relationship I, and, and do what you need I think, to do. I think Marie is just saying, uh, or her question is: Is this a thing that is done? Yes, like if absolutely. I want to do Marie. this; it is achievable. Correct. Uh, I, I agree with that statement a hundred percent. All right. Thank you, Marie. Awesome. Thank Take you. care, Marie. Have a good Have a good week. You too. Bye bye. All right. We've got these calls coming in. Sure. Let's get to these. Uh, let's talk to Linda. Got good a morning, question about. M- m- good morning, Linda. Hey, Linda. How are you, my darling? We got a thing going on, me and Linda. You and Linda? <laughs> Linda's got a husband. We don't talk about well, it. I think talking about it on your show, no, no one will know. You yeah, know so. Right. We're keeping, keeping it undercover. Go ahead, Linda. What do you got? Good morning. My question was, um, if someone was going to be put out of their home due to a foreclosure, okay, and it could have been avoided because the mortgage company made an oops. Gotcha. Um, who who would we? You need to, you, you would need to contact a real estate attorney for sure. If you if yeah if you email me, I can refer you. I won't do it on the air, but I I know a couple of real estate attorneys <laughs> that I would send you to to deal with the mortgage. You guys don't do a lot. Of, we do not. Most of your stuff is criminal. We but do also criminal family. and injury and family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and car crashes, oh, okay. criminal cases, and family. Is that a, a thing that uh, happens? Uh, it's not unheard of for no. somebody to be put out of their home. Not at but all. It was not the person's yes. fault. Yes. Everyone my, makes mistakes. Yes, everyone makes mistakes. But in this case, um, she's an elderly Even lady, more so. and she's losing her own. She lost her husband, her son, and now her home in less than a year. Yeah, I, I would tell you to to shoot me an email, and I will make sure you mention what we, you know that we talked about it on the air, and I will I will get you the names and phone number of a couple of real estate attorneys to talk to. Thank you. I yes, really ma'am. appreciate that. Absolutely, Linda. Do you, you want to give Linda your email address? Yeah. Uh, my email, you can go to wyattunderwoodtriallawyers.com and click on contact. That email goes directly to me. Like, directly to me. It doesn't go to anybody else. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am, Linda. Have a good week. 
Okay. Now, what if somebody wanted to email you like funny memes? And oh, then like you that. can email me at <laughs> jbulaw915 at gmail.com. jbulaw915 at gmail.com. And please send, send funny memes. I enjoy it. <laughs> Hello, Alfonso. Hello? Hi, Hi Alfonso. Alfonso. Yes, sir. You're on I'm with just... On, what? I'm calling on behalf oh. of my cousin. Okay. My cousin was convicted like 20 years ago on accessory to a murder. But uh, I'm, a, I'm an avid hunter. I would like to take him out hunting. Would he be allowed to use any of the weapons like a bow and arrow or a crossbow? When did... A uh, bow and arrow and crossbow, absolutely. Okay, that's, Absolutely. that's that, all that's, I wanted. Listen, that's the safest thing in the world to do because it's not considered a firearm. It is a deadly okay. weapon, but it's not a firearm. Now, wait so. a minute. Could, uh, this is an interesting uh, yeah. scenario. If Alfonso wanted to take his cousin, who I guess has paid his debt to society. Sure. He's Alfonso, what? He's not on probation, no parole. Has it been He's five years? Has it been at least five years since the term it's of his? It's been 22 since he was in jail? Yes. Wait, since no, no. He got he, out. How long has it been he since he got out? 22 years. Did, oh, he, did he, got, he have any parole after that? No, sir. Not yeah, now. You're, you're good, man. But if okay. if Alfonso wanted to take him hunting with a rifle, I still think you, I still think you would be good as long as you're hunting. I don't think he can possess a firearm due to federal regulations. But in Texas, Texas is very sportsman friendly. Even New Mexico, to some extent, is very very friendly toward that sort of thing. And it's been so long. But if you guys are bow hunting, man, you guys are more of a hunter than me. Yeah, because, I mean, I've taken him to the classes and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, if you guys are hunting with bow or crossbow, I think you're good to go. What are you hunting? Uh, right now, we're trying to get some deer. Where at? Or elk in New Mexico. Well, let me, let me tell you, I just got back from Cloudcroft, and the elk are screaming. Yeah. They are bugling and like. all the. I mean, we. My dad and I sat out and we listened to him from about five in the morning to about Why nine in the morning. Were you guys hunting? They're bugling. They, they're not. They're bugling. It sounds like they're screaming, but it's called bugling. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, just like that. Um, it, it's their rut, so it's their time of year to mate, and that's, oh, that's okay. the sound that they make. Yeah, I'm going uh, elk hunting in a couple weeks. Uh, we're trying to go in December. Yep. It. Uh, yes. Y'all can wave from across the forest to each other. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, Dick Cheney. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks for yeah, that. Yeah, really, you're good luck, definitely man. thumbs up I on yeah, the bow. Yeah, cr- crossbow sure. and bow, you're good, man. All right. Thanks, All right, Alfonso. Thank so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the guy who uh, is in jail uh, and is probably going to face the death penalty for the August 3rd Walmart. Correct. Show. He was arraigned. In an El Paso courtroom, yes, sir. Last week, sure, and uh, he pled not guilty. Now, a right. lot of people on social media were outraged. How you know we know it was him? He's admitted it. How dare he plead not guilty? But explain well, here, the law side uh, of oh, things. Okay, for so us, here's sir. the thing: at arraignment, absent extraordinary circumstances, every person who's charged with a crime pleads not guilty, without without exception. Again, absent extraordinary circumstances, because one, you can don't you, have all can the you evidence. Think off the top of your head, uh, an, an example of an extraordinary circumstance where somebody would go in and, and plead guilty, like if they're charged with a misdemeanor and they've been in jail ten days, and at the arraignment they're offering them ten days, and it's a 
possession of marijuana. And they could just walk out. Exactly. Okay, but in a murder case. Absolutely. And I've never heard of anyone in the history of the state of Texas pleading guilty at an arraignment I, for murder. I thought I had read in somewhere in all this that somebody, I, I thought I had read that if you are facing the death penalty, you can't plead guilty. You can't. So what is happens that, is, is that true? That is true. Death penalty can only come from a jury. You cannot plead guilty and say, I plead guilty to capital murder. I accept the death penalty as my punishment. That is legally impossible in the state of Texas, even in Texas, right? You cannot do that. You have to have it. So people get charged with capital murder, you know, throughout the year. Do people plead guilty to life in prison for capital murder? Yes. But that offer has to come from the district attorney's okay. office. They are who, in this case... They are definitely going for the death. They are, in my... If they don't, there's something really, really wrong here. But well, I, I think, I, I think they, they've already... Their intention is to seek the death penalty. So, I may has already said absolutely. they're absolutely going for the death penalty. Absolutely. And the I mean, other, as far as the uh, He is district the district attorney, attorney, my former boss. I used to work there district for district attorney for 20-something years, Time. And, wait, and here's the other thing, which is, you know, I don't want to comment because all of the candidates are my friends, but the people who are running for DA, this case will not be tried by the end of Mr. Sparza's tenure. It won't. A capital murder case is not going to get tried next year. There's no way. The discovery on a case Jaime like is this. stepping down. Well, he's not seeking re-election. He's not seeking re-election. And so the okay. new DA will come in. Uh, the election's next year. So the end of uh, 2020 is the is the uh, the end of his. I want your opinion on one thing on this case. Justin Underwood from the law firm of Wyatt and Underwood. Uh, trial Lawyers is our guest and our, our uh, contributor for uh, Ask a Lawyer. Yes, sir. What chance is there that the... The feds take this over and make it a federal, probably like a hate crime, I, and prosecute it as a federal I think it's crime. A, I think there's a good chance. I think there's a strong chance that sometime in the next year um, that the federal government will, you know, I, I don't know that they will, but do I think that this would meet the criteria for what would what would qualify as a federal hate crime and, and get the death penalty in federal court? Yeah, I absolutely think so. What are the pros so. and cons of it going the federal route instead of staying as a state crime? Um, the federal route will be i mean if ultimately what everyone wants is this guy put to death which i think we can all agree on that he absolutely deserves um my opinion but i think most <laughs> well, everybody you got, agrees you got with some me people that, that are anti-death penalty in well, i'm anti-death penalty too yeah this guy deserves it all right no question in my mind so obviously i'm not going to be a juror on the case so if, or a lawyer on the case if it goes the federal route he's more he's, likely so here's to the get deal. the justice quicker Correct. Because what happens is if you go to state court, right, and you get the death penalty in Texas, you have to exhaust all your state appeals, which take a decade to exhaust all your state of appeals at your local court of appeals, at the state level. But when you go and then once you're, you're already closer to the top, when ex- you do it in federal. exactly. So if, if you go into federal court, there are no state appeals. It's only a federal appellate issue. So it's more streamlined to get. There's only like two steps to get to the Supreme Court of the United States versus in state court. You have about 13 steps to get there. Now, is there anybody uh, that would stand in the way who really wants this to be tried? I mean, other than his attorney. I I don't even think they... If the federal government seeks... There's also something called you the Supremacy Clause, right? Mm-hmm. So what what that means is if the federal government chooses to prosecute him, the federal government outrank... The federal government trumps, pardon the pun, <laughs> the, state, the state court because of the Supremacy Clause, right? So I the see. federal guidelines or federal laws supersede the state laws, and they would have jurisdiction over the, over the state. I saw the uh, the arraignment and the suspect 
was being arraigned and I noticed, you know, he came to El Paso because he wanted to kill Mexican Americans right. and Mexican people. And both of his guards were Mexican American. The judge was Mexican American. The bailiff probably was Right. No, they I are. Just, I, I, don't I know, know every single one of them. Absolutely. There's something that I kind of find satisfying that this guy's every detail of his life is being handled by Mexican American public servants. Our friends and our families, right? Yeah. And let me tell you something. We are not him. We are not him. We don't have that. And it was awful what happened. But look how our community responded. I've, oh, yeah. I, I've always been proud to live here. How proud of you? How proud to live here are you right now? More than ever before. And I didn't think I could be anymore. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree 100%. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We got more calls on Ask a Lawyer with Justin Underwood and more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show coming up right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Justin Underwood is here. Uh, we got loaded phone lines. We're going to get the rest of these calls. Uh, before we get back to it, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned that since there's a death penalty case, uh, the suspect in the August 3rd shooting could not have entered a, a, a guilty plea. He could enter a guilty plea if he wants, but I mean, you're basically just... that He cannot get the death penalty until and, and if your lawyers are going to fight against you getting the death penalty, you would never, ever, ever plead guilty to capital murder at the arraignment. The other thing is this. At arraignment, the, the defense team doesn't have discovery, okay? So they don't even have police reports and video. They don't even have all of the, the, the information that they need to work on to defend the case. So if I'll give you a real basic example. DWI case, right? If you plead guilty at arraignment, you basically waive all of your appellate rights. Like if they illegally stopped you or they pulled you over without probable cause and you get to look at that later and challenge that and you would have won. If you plead guilty at arraignment, you waive all that. That's why nobody ever pleads, like I said, absent, unless the DA meets with the process, meets with the defense team prior to the arraignment, discloses everything and they have a, a, a plea deal worked out which never happens. Um, like I said, it's extraordinary circumstances where somebody would plead guilty at the arraignment. That just does not happen. All right, let's get some calls here. It's Ask a Lawyer with Attorney Justin Underwood, and we have Manny, who's got a question. Hello, Manny. Yes. Hi, Manny. Go ahead. You're on with Justin Underwood. Good morning, Manny. Yes, uh, I uh, have a problem. My wife and I set, uh, divorced... Uh, Four or five years ago, okay, and and now uh, uh, when I came to El Paso, um, uh, the the kids, uh, well, she she uh, gave me the kids. Wait, she did what now? The the kids were like she said that she couldn't afford the kids. So you, so, she gave the kids over to you. Right. How many kids are we talking about? Three. Okay. She couldn't afford them even though you're paying her child support. That's kind of what, right. what's going uh, on. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the thing is that, so now I'm on disability and I need money, you know? Sure. Can you get money from her? Is that what you're right. asking? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you still paying child support? Uh, no. Uh, I like It took like three years to... Uh, terminated, but yeah. How old are your Finally, kids? 
they're 16, 15, and uh, 11. And you, they live with you 100%? Yes. Uh, she lives in uh, California. Have you, have you talked to the attorney, the attorney General's office about this? No, I just, uh, I just called you. That'd be the first place, <laughs> Manny, that'd be the first place I'd start. If you the are state in, attorney general? Yeah, the uh, attorney general's office here in El Paso, there's an office in the courthouse. Right. Um, I would start there and tell them that you, uh, that you are seeking child support. Okay. So that, that's where I would start, Manny, because you can hire a private lawyer to do that. It's going to cost you money, but the attorney general's office can do that for free. Um, they, they handled the child support litigation. Go down there and, and talk to him. What's the worst they can tell you? No. Now, are you, I don't think they will, though. Would you be prepared, Manny, if she comes back and says, uh, instead of paying child support, I'm going to seek custody back? Because I guess she. Well, at, at this possible point, she could do it that. It could, but at this point, it doesn't matter because all the kids are over 12, and all the kids can, can decide can where tell they the court go. where they want to live. Right. And I would imagine they want to live with Manny, right? Uh, yeah, because all the friends are here in. In El Paso. Exactly my point. Uh, yeah, go to the attorney, the attorney general. general's office. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Buzz. Uh, start at the AG's office. Okay, thank you. Good luck, Manny. Okay, thank you. All right. Kind of an unusual sure. case. But it, the world of family law is, is awash with unusual situations. Uh, Eric is on the line. Hello, Eric. Or is it Chris? Hello. Chris? Bueno. Bueller. Hello? Bueller. Yeah, who, it's Chris. Hello, Chris. Yes, hello. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. What's your question? Question. <laughs> um, so last week um, on a Wednesday, um, just for personal reasons, I, I quit my job. Um, and that following Friday was payday. Um, so they didn't call me into the office till the following week, which this week is Tuesday. Uh, to pick up my check, and when I picked it up, it was postdated for the next week on Friday. The other paper that pulled in, and I was just trying to find out if that's actually legal. Um, even though I'm not working the next week and the following week, which is going to be that pay period. Are they paying you for weeks in in the future? Is that what you're asking me? No, well, the week he left before his paycheck for the previous. Let's say it's a two week pay period. Sure, I don't know if it is or not, but let's say yeah, it is. Okay. okay. He quit on the Friday before his two-week pay was going to be on Friday. Okay. So he quit. He didn't get his check on Friday. And they're telling you, what, that they're going to roll it over? you got to wait another two weeks for the next pay period to get paid? Well, they gave me a check, but it's postdated for the following oh, Friday. All right. So it's postdated. He can't cash it or uh, until... It, does, it, does it cover the amount that you were... that you're owed? Yeah, well, it would, it's basically my paycheck from last Friday that I worked those two weeks. Did you have any? Did you have any? Um, any like no medical? Time, no no comp time, time. No vacation time. None of that stuff. Like that, no. I think they can do that. I I, I don't think I think two weeks is going to be uh, something minimal. So I don't I don't think that that's going to be in the law. They call that de minimis. It's is it I mean, inconvenience? It it, yeah, it, it doesn't sound like you gave them a two weeks notice, which is a pretty standard thing. It you sounds know, like it, you kind of quit on the spot. Maybe? Also, depending upon the company you work for, if you just up and leave, they still have to process you out through through HR. Does that make sense? They still have to. There's tax documents, and exit internal, reviews, right. yeah, stuff like that. So as long as the check doesn't bounce, uh, I think I think I think they're in the right there all right um, but it's a pain though, in the butt but even though um past employees that we've let go because i worked in the office with the manager 
um, we've paid them that week that they're paid. I have no idea. No clue. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll see you, Chris. Take care, man. Awkward silences. <laughs> <laughs> What's that moment? Well, where like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, you're talking the about. Is, I don't know. I, I don't know, like, how much Chris is getting paid, but you're talking about several hundred sure. dollars. Sure. Is it worth it is to it take any, them to court because it, it, they paid you, but you felt like it should have been. I mean, I don't think you're going to find a lawyer. You're not going to find a lawyer because you're inconvenienced. That, that's what I'm trying yeah, to get at. Right. You know? You're inconvenienced. Is it worth it to you? And I don't, it's going to be more again, of an inconvenience. I also to you, don't know the the circumstances surrounding him just walking off the job or quitting. I, you know, I, I don't know all that, and and we don't really need to discuss that. And for the you know dozens and dozens of people listening, but <laughs> screw you! I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Dozens and dozens of people. <laughs> Hello, Eric. Good morning, gentlemen. Hi, hey. Eric. You got a question for, and I think we're going to have to make this the last call. We're good just r- right up against out of time, but go ahead, Eric. Good What's morning, your question? Eric. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Um, name is Eric. Um, I had a stimulator installed. Um, I had uh, about five back surgeries. Um, the stimul- I-, I was supposed to get a, a, a trial stimulator, a temporary stimulator. What, what is a stimulator? Oh, hello? Oh, he doesn't want to tell us. I think it was no, for his no, back. No, no. It was like an electrical stimulator for yeah, the, the nerves in, the in his TMS, back. Or, yeah, TMS. TPS. Okay, what is that? Uh, it's like an electrical stimulator yeah. that stimulates your, your nerves. You've never heard of those TPS reports that are due? Yeah, <laughs> I've heard of the TPS reports Don't for forget sure. your cover sheet on your TPS report. <laughs> I've seen office space. <laughs> um, seen my I, don't know, I thought we'd give it like a minute or two for Eric to call back. or uh, Yeah, Eric to call back because I, I didn't hang up on him. I don't no, know what no, happened it, there. You could hear it click. I have a question for Justin. Sure. So if they made me do a haunted house here, <laughs> this was so funny. Where? You, what you, I cannot As part wait. Part of your employment, where I was. He's not an employee. He's not an employee. Wow. He just kind of hangs out here. Yeah, basically, <laughs> where I was scared so much, I think I have some sort of PTSD from it now. Uh, could I like sue Buzz? All right, Are we going to be able stupid. to prove you didn't have PTSD before the haunted house? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. This good. video is hysterical. Okay, and first of all, we also have plenty of videos of you being terrified in the hallway like two months ago. So That's what I mean, Brandon. Hold on, we got Eric back. I want to get this question. All right, so Eric, let's pick up. You were going to get a a trial stimulator for your back. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, Yeah, um, so, yeah, because I had a a back fusion. Okay. So uh, a stimulator was supposed to be installed, a temporary stimulator for for seven to ten days, and it wasn't. I I got a, a permanent stimulator installed. So uh, that stimulator, what it did was shock me real bad. Like if I was in an, in an electric chair, um, it, it, I, I'm assuming an electric chair. I've never been in one, but uh, uh, it was really bad at the hospital, and no one could turn it off. It was real bad. It gave me so many problems, and um, the the um, the uh, back fusion was for my lower back, and now I got problems all up and down my. Eric, when, so was this surgically implanted? Yes, it was surgically implanted. Yes, it was. It was in my spine. Did they tell you we? Oops, we put the wrong one in. No, they told me. They told me this is what we're going to do. We're going to put a stimulator in. The stimulator is supposed to cut off um, all. Um, it, what it does, it cuts off. Um, 
Well, Fe- feeling in your nerves, right? Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it blocks your nerve. nerve impulses is what it does. It, it does. Eric, exactly. when did this happen? This happened um, exactly a year ago, actually. So here's exactly what I'm going to tell you to do. One year ago. Shoot me an email today. There's two guys that come to mind for this type of case, and they're both friends of mine. WyattUnderwoodTrialLawyers.com, or you can email me directly, JBULaw915. medical malpractice. Yeah. It could be. that. And like I said, there's two guys who come to mind right off the top of my my head who will have the answer that you're looking for. Or they, medical device malfunction, at least. Yeah, or product liability. Depend, it, it, anytime you're dealing with a product, Product. It could also be a product liability case and not just the medical negligence of the people who installed it. Um, it's sort of like if someone puts f- brakes in your car, it's not, but, but the mechanic put it incorrectly, but the brakes fail because GM didn't, you know, there's a recall on the brakes. Yeah. Right. It, it, it depends. You're going to have to look at it at multiple angles. But that could be something um, that, that somebody needs to look at, Eric. And you're still within your, you have two years to, to file a suit. So you're, you're within the two years. Um, just um, shoot me an email and we'll, uh, we'll figure it out, man. If I can't find you the answer, I will find someone who can. Give me that email again. JBU. L-A-W. Well, that's the one for the funny memes. Sure, yeah, that's the funny memes. Uh, WyattUnderwoodTrialLawyers.com. If you if you click the contact on that webpage, it goes straight to me anyway. Okay. Okay, All right, Eric. All right, Eric. I'll go ahead and do that. Thank yep. you. For sure, man. I'm Start sorry that, that happened path. to you, buddy. Yeah. Sounds terrible. Yeah. All right, well, thank you, Justin, for hey, coming by. thank you by. guys very much. Enjoy your week. It's always a pleasure coming and starting the week out with uh, a story about a woman on a plane cutting a boil open. Oh, my God. What the <laughs> hell is yeah, wrong? See? Like, she kind of, like, makeshift <laughs> lanced it <laughs> with some tweezers, and, and it went it all, and it got on these other people. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they had to delay I, the yeah, I was, flight. I was on the way over here, and I heard that, and I'm going, <laughs> Yeah. What's have, the, have a good week, everybody. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye, Thanks, guys. Justin. All right, let's take a break. It's the buzz. Adam's Morning Show Podcast. Uh, joining us now in the studio, here to uh-huh. astound us with his powers of precognition. And Nico, I'm glad you're here with oh, us okay. today. Yeah. Because uh, you're not usually here when Nostradamus comes around. Please welcome the wise and mystic traveler from the East, the all knowing, the all seeing, the wise and mystic one, the great Nostradamus. Hello, good morning. Hello. Hello, Buzz. Hello, Nostradamus. Good morning, Nico. Hello, Nostra. And hello, Brandon, and everybody else. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. It is I, the great Nostradamus. Good morning, Nostradamus. It is such a pleasure to be here today. Well, thanks for coming in this morning. I got four envelopes here for you, but before we get to these envelopes, do you have any words of wisdom or possibly mysteries of the cosmos for Sometimes us? Sometimes I get mail from the listeners. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they send me questions. This is a question from Rob, okay. who said, Nostradamus, what is the difference between a religion and a cult? And that a cult? A cult, yes. A rel- the difference between a religion and a cult is a good question. In a cult... There is somebody at the top that knows it is all bullshit. In a religion, that person is dead. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nostra Dumbass, I do have here four uh, four envelopes that were hermetically sealed inside of a mayonnaise jar that we found in that filing cabinet that you drug back into Buzz's studio. The you're one that you're Buzz, putting that on me? No, I'm sorry. I'm, I was talking to Buzz there. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I did do that. It's the filing that. cabinet true. that we, not we me. removed. It. No, sorry. We are not the same person. Where is it? It's behind Buzz. I am. Oh. I have personhood. I am an individual. Yes. Okay. All right, no, so here we go. Envelope number one. 
Number one, I hold the envelope to my turban-clad forehead to predict contents inside. Pay attention, Nico. <laughs> envelope number one. Number one. Wonton soup. Wonton soup? Yes, wonton soup. What do you call a 2,000 pound bowl of soup? Ah, wonton soup. I am liking your participation so far. Yeah. All right, let's here we go. Here's envelope number two. Number two. An air conditioner and a computer. An, an air, air conditioner, conditioner and, and a computer. computer. Yes, an air conditioner. And a computer. Name two things that lose efficiency as soon as you open windows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, Mr. Dumbass, there you go. Here's envelope number three. Envelope number three. A religious movement. A religious, religious movement. movement. Yet a religious movement. What do you get when you take laxatives with holy water? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those were dumbass. Here we go. Here's the fourth Woo-hoo! and final yeah. May the restaurant only have Pepsi, unless you like Pepsi, in which case may they only have Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Envelope number four. Number four. Nico Adjibian. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Hi. A little preemptive on that one. Nico Adjibian and the 20th century. Nico, Nico and Jimian in the, the 20th, 20th century. century. Yes. Very good, Nico. Nico and Jimian in the 20th century. <laughs> Name two things mm. that both suffered a great depression in their early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very Thank much. You know, Thank you. Goodbye to everybody. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Pineapple Mountain Dew mm. is a thing, and apparently people love it. I haven't seen it. A pineapple-flavored version of Mountain Dew is out now, mm. and I guess... What would you say regular Mountain Dew is flavored? Mm. Just Mountain Dew, ba- battery acid. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I've never thought about it before. It's just Mountain Dew. Yeah, right. You know, Mountain Dew was originally created to be a mixer with alcohol. Okay. And Mountain Dew refers to what they used to call moonshine back in the olden days. And when, when out of the Mountain Dew, they call it that good old Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about this. Yeah, I think we, I think we've played the song before. Uh, so Pineapple Mountain Dew, the people who try it say that it's really, really good. It's called Mountain Dew Maui Burst. And online reviews are 
pouring in. Oh, here's something. The flavor is only available at Dollar General. <laughs> so not, they don't have it like a Walmart or Target. Or, they got it at Dollar General. How'd they get that exclusive? I I don't know, but the Mountain Dew enthusiasts of the world seem to believe it's worth the trip to, to Dollar General. Dollar General? Is that the one that we've got over no, here? No, no, no. That's, that's the, the family dollar. Dollar General is uh, the one that's down the street. Wh- which one's the Dollar Tree? That's the that's green one. The one that one. says okay. Dollar Tree up front? Basically, there's one that's red, and that's the family dollar. <laughs> then the yellow one is Dollar General, and then the green one is Dollar Tree. By the way, Stanley Brothers. Mm-mm. Good old Mountain Dew, baby. Good old Mountain Dew. And they refuse it or few. I'll hush up my mug if you fill up my jug with that good old Mountain Dew. He knows the lyrics. Hell yeah, I know the lyrics. Do you like pineapple, Buzz? Not really, but I've been told before in relationships I need to eat more of it. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) To make something taste a little bit better. (laughs) 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 Thanks, Joe. A uh, <laughs> stupid a bullfighter in Spain is quote gravely ill oh, no. after getting gored in the groin. Well, that's what you get for messing with the bull. Yeah, you mess with the bull, you get the horn. <laughs> they should have that like in Spanish inside the <laughs> where the the locker room of the bullfighters. You yeah. mess with the bull, you get the horn. Yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna translate that on Google. See, si messes with the bull. I don't no, know how does it. That's oh my God. Not- what was that? The- that was my Spanish. That was a good Spanish accent. It no. sounded German. This is the second time. She messed with the bull. She messed with the bull. She gets no. the horn. The bull. You can end up looking for a moose and squirrel while you're at it. Get him. Matador Gonzalo Caballero, 27, was injured. It's the second time in his career that he's been gored in the groin. It wasn't even his first time? Oh, man. You didn't learn your lesson the first time? Well, I'm watching the video. He is the boyfriend of Victoria Federica, the niece of the King of Spain, who watched on in horror from the (laughs) VIP area. She's all, oh, no. Oh, no. Adios mio. That is my boyfriend. Caballero clutched his... Bleeding crotch oh. as he was taken from the bull ring. Oh my god! I gotta find this video. Oh my! I he think was, I uh, translated "mess with the bull, you get the horns." By the I'm way, meterse con el toro, obtienes los cuernos. Ah, you want see, one see, more see. time? Yeah. Meterse con el toro, obtienes los cuernos. Meterse con el toro, obtienes los cuernos. Sí, muy bueno. I'm not a crazy animal rights person. I mean, oh, I don't think you should fighter. be cruel to animals. Injured. But you don't think they should have a lot of rights? Grunk. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a vegan, for instance. Yeah. But when I see somebody going in just to stab a bull in front of a bunch of screaming fans and act like they're a badass for I it, I say good for the bull. Yeah. That you gored the. You know, that bull would have just minded its own business, like eating grass and swatting away you flies. Didn't make and it come into like a coliseum. Look how they're carrying him away. Didn't you see Ferdinand? Come on, Ferdinand. I didn't see it, but I read it when I was a kid. Yeah. Sleep alone, man. Also, they, they blunt the horns, so the horns aren't even as sharp Aww. as nature intended. Oh, they so make they're them dulling, blunt. They're dulling the horns? Yeah, they dull the oh. horns, and it's like, good. Take a shot to the groin. I don't feel bad for you one bit. Do you, think, do you think it does more damage, then, if it's more blunt? <gasps> um, 
No. It, it won't. Well, like it, it, would, won't, it would tear more. It wouldn't pierce it. Like, you're not going to, like, tear. It would just be really painful. I mean, yeah. as soon as I say that, I'm looking at the picture, and that looks like pretty sharp horn. Listen <laughs> to this. this guy. It says, the crowd demanded that he be rewarded with the traditional severed ear of the bull, and this was performed by another matador. Uh, the ear was delivered to him you. while he was in the no. If you knock no. the matador Isn't out, you ought to get the, li- the bull. The bull should get your the ear. Bull, yeah. yeah, the bull should get your ear. <laughs> no, he beat you. He gores the him there. He gets his test. Yeah. The yeah. bull's all like, those are mine now. How does that make any sense? The bull won the fight. It's yeah, a bull right? fight. The bull won. You lost, You dude. still get his freaking ear no, or no, whatever? No, no, We have his ear for you. You. The lucky rabbit's foot. Look, I know it's a part of other culture, and it's not my culture, but there are some things that I'm just perfectly comfortable saying. That is terrible. <laughs> that is dumb. Yeah. You didn't. Oh, but the growing that a bull doesn't belong in a ring getting stabbed in front of a bunch of hooting and hollering fans. It belongs on my plate with a baked potato on the side. <laughs> <laughs> the growing is oh. the most dangerous place to get hit, though, because that's Man, like where you're just a lot of otters. Well, it cut the it yeah. cut the femoral artery. It did. Otters. It did. <laughs> you just Google Otter. search bull gore and just go to the images. Ooh, no. yeah. All right, Joanna, we're, we're not, so, we can't do the full on uh, report, but tell me about the guy who pulled a prank at a showing. Uh-huh. The Joker. Well, he is and now. He got banned. He is banned for life from AMC theaters after he posted a fake flyer at the ticket kiosk that said. Hold on, I have the whole thing. We are now enforcing a strict no singles policy for tonight's <laughs> showing of Joker due to safety precautions, and we will not be admitting anyone with an, without an additional partner, to which the guy replied, great, I can't see Joker movie because I'm here alone, WTF AMC Theaters. So the whole thing was, was made up by him. Made up, apparently. I wonder if this guy is an incel, and it's like he's trying to create... Well... This is interesting because that whole flyer actually comes from an old 4chan meme. That's where that's where he got the idea. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, AMC was not amused. So they're saying they don't want anybody who's a loser enough to go to the movie, <laughs> especially a guy. It's like if you got a girlfriend, we're gonna think, uh, okay, maybe, maybe. But it was all made up. Yeah. It so was all made up, and AMC they... was not happy about it because people did start replying to him on Twitter, asking him like, "Is this real?" And people like guest like services feeling bad for him, basically. Yeah, guest services from AMC had to go on and reply to every single one of those and say, "No, this policy is not real. It's not happening." To which they replied, "Oh, hey, dude, you want to do this prank? You're banned from our theaters now." Dang. And people asked him, "Well, what was was it worth it? Did you just do this all for the lulz?" And he was like, I don't just do things for the lulz, so I guess this wasn't worth it. All right. Speaking of the Joker, there's a secret menu item at Starbucks. Oh, I'm going to try it. Called, have you heard about I've it? I've heard of it. The yeah. Joker Frappuccino. Yeah. It is a matcha green tea creme frappuccino. <laughs> is that how you pronounce creme? Yeah. You said it you nicely. You could just say cream. There's no A. It's still cream. All right. So here's what it is. It's a matcha green tea creme frap and you need to ask the barista to draw a smile inside the cup using oh. strawberry syrup okay which will take all smiles away from the barista <laughs> you have to go to places where you know the starbucks isn't packed yeah yeah. And where they're not going to get mad at you for ordering exactly, it. and you have Dumbly to be like drink. on a really good basis with your barista. Yeah, don't show up to the one down the street by the university. That's no. always go busy. to the one. I'm not even going to say it because then it'll get packed. Yeah, that Starbucks like Joker is going to come with a free eye roll from the barista. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it sounds like this is a secret menu item, but it's got all this other stuff. You got to ask for matcha. Whipped I don't cream. know what matcha is. Matcha whipped cream on top. Mm-hmm. It's a great Oh, God, what a pain in the neck. Why do they do this to their poor baristas? That's it what requires I the barista to mix matcha powder with whipped cream. With the whipped cream. Do you think they have time for this? They've got a book to read or a screenplay to write. For God's sake. (laughs) Don't forget an acoustic song either. Yeah. You have to be really cool with your barista because when I went to order the It Frappuccino, she was really cool about it. Chapter three, the barista gets a new job. Yeah. (laughs) It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, Steve Kaplowitz has uh, dropped by to talk some sports with us. We'll get to that coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, we did talk to Steve yesterday, so, you know, we could talk about uh, the spot the Cowboys are in now. It's not a good spot. Uh-huh. Although the whole division sucks, so it doesn't really matter that much. I mean, they can still win the division yeah, but- by default. I mean, at 3-0, and I think a lot of fans were like, they'll get to the playoffs and really kick ass. And now at 0-3 yeah. th- over the past three weeks, I don't think you're quite that optimistic, or you shouldn't be anyway. Not after this past to weekend. the Jets. And uh, the Miners had a had an exhibition game that they won against Texas Tech, who played the, the national, fi- they, they they the national championship. The national championship yeah. I, I just want to know how excited that was. What, what level of excitement that warrants? So we'll, we'll get to this in a second. But Lisa was explaining to me that now, if I'm driving in El Paso, I might pull up at an empty spot that has a meter, <laughs> like a metered uh-huh. spot, uh-huh. and find out that it was already reserved for somebody? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, most people are excited about this. Then there's buzz. Uh, yes, there's a new Park 1-5 app that's been released for metered parking. The parking, uh, the app is replacing the old Park El Paso app. Oh, man, I got to delete it now. Uh, when it comes to paying <laughs> for metered parking in downtown El Paso, the new app is called Park 915, and it's going to allow users to save time by viewing available available metered parking spots and you can pay for them before you get there via the app. They say it will give a much better user experience showing people in real time where the available parking spots are in the city so that people can avoid the areas with no parking and then drive directly to streets where there are open spots, which will save time and frustration unless you're Buzz Adams and you don't want to download said app. I'm not going <laughs> to download the app. <laughs> also, I've walked a mile to not pay any parking before. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> it well. could even send you alerts when a parking session is about to expire so you can uh, go and park Wait, in that so, spot. So say you reserve the spot. You have to find that exact spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. How? What if you screw up and park in the... I mean, that sounds like a hassle. Just looking for that exact spot. I have a better one for you. Right. What if you're on your way to your spot that you've already paid for and you see a much better spot and say it's free? They just keep your money, right? Can you cancel your spot? That's a great question. I do not know. Um, I, I've seen these, but the one thing for me is I agree with the buzz on this thing. Let's say hypothetically I pay for a parking spot and I'm driving down there and then there's an old fuddy-duddy named Buzz Adams who decides <laughs> to see. in your spot. Yeah. What are you going to do? He's like, tight, parking spot. Oh, who look, are you going to call? Even, they even, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, they even left money in the meter so now I can park here for free because there's two hours He's on all it. tight, it's free. Well, that's, that's, my, that's my issue. What if yeah. it says reserved? 
and it's already got the, the money in there, and some and somebody just w- drives in, sees it's reserved, doesn't care, thinks that that means it's for them. Would it be uh, okay to the key the their car? <laughs> well, that's the question: is to what extent? Because you can't. What really, recourse would you have? You can't reserve. What are you going to do? You're going to take down a license plate and then uh, call and then use the app chat and try to get somebody on to say they're legally in my spot. I mean, that's the question: is what do you do when you prepay for something and somebody takes it in the time it takes for you to prepay to get there? I don't know if like the police are would be keen on enforcing your app purchase of a parking spot. I just can't What's imagine you calling 911 and not getting yelled at over something like that. I say take the L. Just take the ticket. That way you don't even have to worry about it. See, here's what my idea what is. What ticket? Okay. You probably get a ticket for parking in somebody's spot. Nope. I bet you don't. You, you think that they would... What would what what do you think the recourse is or the You think there's going to be I don't first of all I don't think meter attendants are out there like at night. Well no, parking is free at night. Oh, what are after we talking six. about? After, 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 after six. After five You can park <laughs> in a metered spot. <laughs> When's the last time you've parked oh at a metered <laughs> spot, Buzz? <laughs> uh, Did you know you had to pay for parking? Oh my god. I, I used to when I get my haircut downtown, I had to park in a metered spot. The maximum amount of, amount of time, oh, was, I hated it, didn't cover the amount of time it took to get a haircut. How long does it take you for you to get a haircut? Yeah. Like an hour. What, really? What do they do? <laughs> what are, uh, Seriously. It, this, I mean, you're, it's a guy's haircut. It's a fancy one? You should be in and out in less than a half an hour. Well, and they're not working with much. <laughs> I got a full head of hair, Nico. You don't want to go down this road. <laughs> she, uh the lady who used to cut my hair, like, she had a way of doing things. You had to put on a smock. Everybody had to go put on a smock. You, you, you always got a hair wash. when you get a haircut. You get a, you put a smock on. That's exactly how it works. Otherwise, you, oh, you get don't. I've never been to any other place where they put a smock. <laughs> Did they do on. a shampoo on you? I've been to a barber shop where they put a little apron around you. But yeah. this one is you go put on a like a karate guy outfit or something. Then you go back and she washes the hair and then it it took a longer... Anyway, I would have to get up during the haircut with my smock and go outside and put more quarters in the thing. I've never heard of a men's haircut more than an hour. Ever. So that's amazing. Well, I didn't say it was more than an hour. It was more than 45 minutes and 45 minutes was the most you could get this spot for. No, it's not. You get your tips frosted or something too. No. <laughs> Parking spots have like a two-hour max. You Was this during the summer minutes? when you dye your hair and you try to I say that it's the sun my, doing it? I do not dye my you hair. No, but you do dye your beard hair. You so dye your hair. Don't do you that. Dye your you beard? use just for Certainly men? not. You use just for men? No. <laughs> it's called just for people. <laughs> don't use anything, guys. Don't, yeah, you, don't you be assuming his gender like that. <laughs> one, all right. That one Walt Frazier hawked on, uh, on TV. <laughs> It's uh, Walt Frazier and, and uh, Keith Hernandez. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you were to use this app, reserve a spot, and you get down there, and somebody's just parked in your spot. What what are you gonna who What are you gonna do about it? Fight. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's the, I, that was the question I want to know. Throw down. See, here's what I would do. Okay, Fight for the spot. Yeah. I would use. Here's what I would do. I would use the app to find the open spot. Uh-huh. I wouldn't prepay because I'd be worried somebody's going to take my spot if Maybe I prepay. Maybe it gives you a time like, hey, you. So, we can see from your app that you are about five minutes away. If also, you're not here within those five minutes, then we got to give up your space. Like Ticketmasters. When I when I go downtown, I, I I just know a couple places where 
they always seem to have spots like if the if the parking underneath the uh, the county not the county call the uh, convention center yeah if that's all full I go across the street there's a parking garage there there's also it's just meter, I don't like striking also, out on my own and you know what I really hate I don't that? know if they still have them those parking things where you're supposed to take money and stuff it in these little slots they haven't done that in probably 15 years well that was like really sucked yeah. Do you know which ones I'm talking about? At a strip club, you don't. No, slot. you're talking. You don't about, shove it in the slot. You're talking about. Like, <laughs> you're talking about the parking garage right where they used to, to have the parking garage used to have all those little slots, and then you would have to jam your, no, your dollars. The, the ones $5 I'm thinking of yeah. are more like lots, mm-hmm. and they got a central board, and you go and you put money in there. I don't think those are around anymore. Well. I never understood how they work. I put the money in there, but there's still a little bit of money sticking out. Somebody yeah. could come along and just take the money. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right, exactly. Joe? Yeah. Downtown, you you can make a good two three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's running around with tweezers, just pulling the little dollars out of the slots. <laughs> Actually, you know what I'm talking about, Nico? Yeah, yeah, that happened to me. This uh, like I never felt comfortable with those. Wait a minute, I'm just putting a dollar. I can still see the dollar or two dollar, whatever it was. If you check the trash cans, there's bur- burgers in there sometimes. <laughs> well, uh, this weekend I had a parking event downtown, and do uh, they still have those things? That they I'm talking st- about? they still have those things, but they also have the. You hear that, Steve? They have the attendants. They still got them. They still, they said st- the attendants are there. They still and the money. They also have the money things too. Still, but uh, the closer you get to the border, the more you see those. Okay. But uh, there was an attendant that took, asked me for money, and I was like, "Here's five dollars." And then I, I didn't even think to check. Like, does he work here? <laughs> like, he could have just been some guy that was showing people cars. <laughs> like, you can park here. That'd be a great job, wouldn't it? Just, just go ahead and tell people. It would have been a great scam. I had no idea. So, what's this parking lot again? Uh, I'm not going to tell. <laughs> All right, Steve, you want to talk some sports? Sure. What do you want to talk about? Uh, Cowboys. So, Cowboys start off 3 and 0. Everything looks to be going good. They lose a game, they lose another game. Then they're up against the Jets. There's no way they're going to get beat. Then they get beat by the Jets. The miserable, lousy Jets. Well, they were winless, but they just got uh Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold back. back. And from Sam Mono. Darnold, I, I'll hand it to him. Look look better I mean he looked good well here's the thing they look like a real football team with him at quarterback unlike what they had before so they they are a different team with him problem is the Cowboys the last two weeks which means against Green Bay and the Jets they kept falling behind by two or three touchdowns and it's hard to come back from large deficits and that's what they were doing well I agree having more points than the other team is usually key to success well when you're Dallas it's hard to play come from behind football all the time you can't do that week after week and expect to have these great second half comebacks and win that's what they did Remember, they, they stuck thought, it up for three quarters against the Packers, had a great fourth quarter, but fell short. Do you and put that the, on the offense or the defense more? Uh, for falling behind, because I thought the the Dallas their defense, uh, offense well, was supposed to be pretty solid. Their, their offense was predictable in those fourth down no. situations that they went for and lost, and then the Jets had that 92-yard touchdown that completely changed the game around. Look, tell me if you agree with these statements. Dak Prescott, you got a better-than-average NFL quarterback. Yes, it, Ezekiel Elliott, you've got a superstar. Elite. In the front line. Injured. Pretty good. Well, Injured. But, no, his and when name's Elliott, not elite. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> it, it, they're injured right now. When, when the offensive line is, did you, okay, did you watch the Cowboys game? I, yeah. Did you see the physical? I watched physical, starting in the third quarter. Did you see the physical pounding Dak Prescott took from uh-huh. the Jets' defense in that yeah. game? I haven't seen him get hit that much in three years. So they beat him up. 
and yet he still almost came back. They had a two-point conversion, and the Jets blitzed and got to him, and and you know they were able to hold on and win the game. But you know Dallas, Dallas just just has to. They don't, they don't even now, look like the same team they were the first three weeks of the you season. You can talk about the East uh, being weak, and we'll find out who's weaker when they take on the three and three Eagles. Yep, that's right. But how about beyond the division, you know? I think Cowboy fans are looking ahead already, or were, looking ahead to the playoffs, thinking, well, these guys definitely hold their own. Would anybody be justified in still thinking that? Not right now. Not the way they're playing. All right. See, that's the problem. There's, yeah, the uh, 49ers are still undefeated, along with the Patriots, your two undefeated teams left in the NFL. And then you've got the Green Bay Packers, who stole one at home yesterday against Detroit because some of the worst officiating calls you'll ever see down the stretch kind of cost the Lions. I didn't watch the game, game, but I I heard a lot about the officiating. Brandon says it was really bad. He's right. It was awful. And what's going on with the bad officiating? I heard a really uh. interesting point on I was some sports talk show yesterday and, and they were talking about how the television networks are gobbling up all of the good officials. So now they're stuck with like the B squads. That's you know, funny. How, how you have uh, Gene Steratore and guys like that who Fox and CBS and ESPN have hired to be their go to for when it comes like, you know, official questions mm-hmm. when it comes to refereeing. And since all those guys have moved on to doing that, now they're stuck with like, oh, this is the these were the replacements we had a couple of years ago that were blowing all the calls early on in the season during that strike. I think the problem is some of those referees like Steratore that Brandon just talked about, they have been they were around for 20-plus years in the league, and they retired. And what's happening now is instead of just a nice retirement plan, the, your retirement plan is go make six figures and be an analyst for these networks. I hope they're making more than six figures. Well, I don't know what they're making. I mean, you say hope. You, know, you think you're making a million? You think a referee's making a million no. dollars as an analyst? Well, I don't. I, so six I figures could be I, from 100 to, yeah. to you know, right. 900,000. Good point. Thanks. But that's what's what it's coming down to right now. Thanks. So, you know. Well, I would hope, what I'm saying is I hope they're at least making Oh, come on. Six figures. Yes. They'll probably make a quarter million? I was going to say close to a half. Half a million? Yeah, absolutely. You got to do this. You have to do this for four months. That's a long time. So maybe 125 a month sounds about right. All right. So the UTEP basketball team played uh, an exhibition game at home against Texas Tech. Yes. They beat Texas Tech. 70 to 60. I don't know anything about the game other than that. Mm-hmm. How, how justified is the excitement about the Miners beating the national champion runner-up? From last season, like, is it a legit justified. win, or was it yes. like, oh, none of the starters played? Oh no, 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 no. They went with a starting lineup in Texas Tech. Of they had a freshman and sophomore because they have a lot of new players this year. Well, I was going to say, how good but, is Texas but Tech? They compared also to had, last year. They also had a junior and two seniors in their starting lineup, and and of those five starters, they all played most of the minutes. And then they they had some young players come off the bench, but they went with their core, their nucleus, and it was intense, and the the atmosphere was electric, and the fans treated it like a regular season game, and so did both teams. It was fun. Now, listen, Texas Tech October 12th is going to be different than Texas Tech in March, just like UTEP October 12th could be different in in March. But what Saturday night did was show the UTEP fans that we've been hyping this team up for now a year, ever since they started recruiting all these players to sit out and, and transfer and wait a year to play. They're all eligible. They're all playing. And you're seeing right now the deepest and, and most talented group UTEP has had probably since Tony Barbie's last season when they went to the tournament with Derek Character. What kind of uh, size are we looking at? They're the huge. Minor? Huge. Their smallest guards are 6'4". Yeah. 
Uh, and I mean, they don't, and and they're lanky, and they have all this, all these different kinds of pieces. They, they just, they just brought in Daryl Edwards, who was at LSU. He makes six threes off the bench. He's a graduate transfer, and adds a dimension of a perimeter shooter. Which now, how they does that, how does that year. work? He he graduated LSU, but he's got a year left of eligibility. Exactly. But does he go to class, or doesn't have to go to class? Yeah, he's got to go for his masters. Oh, so okay. sure, he's right. going to class. Okay. Whether he finishes or not, I don't know. But yeah, that the point is you enroll as a graduate student and then you take your graduate hours you got to keep your status and you play one year so he'll be here he's going to give the minors a, a nice addition from the outside he was terrific the thing with UTEP was this they had over 20 turnovers okay but they out rebounded Texas Tech they played incredible defense which is something that Rodney Terry is going to pride himself on now I could see a situation not being at the game where the mm-hmm. minors would play up like they'd be up for that game because these you know Raiders went Red Raiders went to the championship. Well, that's part of it. But I could also see maybe the Red, uh, the Texas Tech team playing down. You oh, know, no. you Not don't believe all. in the playing up to and down to. No, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Okay, Texas Tech went on a tour to Europe with these players, and they played uh, some some exhibition games back in July because they have a lot of new bodies. And if you know Chris Beard, who's the head coach of Texas Tech, one of the best young coaches in college basketball, he is not the kind of coach that's going to accept his team playing down or not showing up for a game, whether it's an exhibition, a practice, or a regular game. Texas Tech brought their A game. They did. They did. And UTEP UTEP played well. Now, granted, like I said earlier, Texas Tech is probably going to be a top 20 top 10 team this year they just are they've got a they've got great talent coming in and they have good talent returning but utep i'm not saying they're going to be a top 25 team this season but what i will tell you is they're going to probably be a top three team in conference usa they're going to have a legitimate chance to win the tournament and go to the ncaa's and it's going to be the most excitement utep basketball fans have seen in a long long time and remember when the miners beat the globetrotters in 04 which was, was billy ask, gillespie's i, I was uh, going to ask brandon brandon you've ever have you ever heard about the time the miners beat the globetrotters uh, you mentioned it yesterday on the yeah. So it was an exhibition game. It was. You know, it was the, it was the, the last, last game of the tour. It was at home. Yes, it was. Uh, because I guess the Globetrotters don't have a home court, so that makes sense. Anyway, you're thinking, well, how serious is it if the Miners beat the Globetrotters? Well, the Globetrotters uh, play actual college teams. And then they did. They don't do it anymore. They they stay. The NCAA made a new rule the year after UTEP's victory, not allowing that anymore. So the last game that the Globetrotters lost was against UTEP 15 you know, the, years ago. The Globetrotters all have players that were very good college players or had some very unique talent. Do you remember yeah. who was on the Globetrotters that, that, for that game? Meadowlark uh-huh. Lemon. Cedric Sabalos. Cedric Sabalos was in there. <laughs> yes, he was. Champ. Yes, so he was. The, the Globetrotters, it turns out, we didn't know this during the game, but they had a bonus built into their pay structure that if they beat all the college teams, and they'd already beaten Michigan State, Michigan State Syracuse, yep. All they had to do was get past UTEP, and they got this bonus. Right. When UTEP upset the Globetrotters, the Globetrotters were... Some of them were in tears, I I hear. That's true. I called the game that night. I was on radio because John Teicher was doing a football game, and there were some Globetrotter players so visibly upset. Who were counting on that Absolutely, because they're probably going to make an extra 20, 25 grand on that win. Yeah. So, and we did end up having a, it was a, uh, went to the tournament that year, got bounced in the first round, but That's right. nonetheless, we went to the NCAA tournament. They played year. Maryland and went right down to the wire. Yeah. In that particular game. It's, uh, it's interesting. I had never seen 
the Globetrotters, I've seen the Globetrotters play the Washington Generals, but so when they play these college teams, they don't bring out a ladder so they can dunk, and they don't, they don't do throw the, a bucket the confetti of confetti. Yeah, no. They don't pull the referee's pants down or anything. But uh, <laughs> but it was serious. It was intense. And the fans celebrated that Globetrotters win like they just won the national title. Right. It was awesome. It was a... I never thought I'd go to a game where the crowd was cheering against the Globetrotters, but I've done that. You're right. Um, so you were there. You were there that night. Yeah, I was, I was with your brother. Okay, that was about 10,000 fans at the game. It was a big crowd that night. Which is a... Uh, I, I think I already know the answer to this. Is bigger deal beating Texas Tech in an exhibition game or beating the Globetrotters? Beating the Globetrotters. Oh, that was a bigger deal? Yeah, and the reason was um, they had more seasoned professionals, so they were a better team, ex-NBA players and college all-stars. They were older, veteran. Yeah, but also they were used to in regular play, you know, having a ball that had a string on it and we come back to them, so that (laughs) might have thrown them off a little bit. Could have been, but I I still think that the, the Texas Tech's a big win. The whole city was talking about it. We took more basketball calls on the show yesterday than we took probably the previous, I don't know, five, six, seven years. It was a lot of excitement here locally. A lot of excitement. Was that Globetrotter game during like one of the big win streaks? I didn't know uh, Brandon Cohen had bet on a uh, Globetrotters game before. (laughs) That's good. good Neil once told me that Brandon reminds him of Krusty the Clown. (laughs) (laughs) God. All right. Thanks, Steve. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, we've got a few minutes to uh, wrap up the show. I thought I might just read through some of the comments over on our Facebook page. You can see what's happening in the studio by going over and watching our video at Buzz Adams Show on Facebook. Buzz Adams Morning Show, I guess, is the full thing. Earlier, we had a couple, we had an argument. Somebody in the chat was saying that El Camino, the Netflix Breaking Bad movie, was bad Ooh. and somebody said it was great it was amazing it didn't you saw it joe pete yes sir it was good actually i met a guy who filmed he's from here in el paso uh he helped film it that in uh sicario also nice yeah i i haven't seen it yet but it says that i saw a headline that said the secret behind brian cranston's clandestine el camino cameo so don't I mean, let's. Sounds like a spoiler. Yeah, it sounds like a spoiler. Yeah, I feel like you just spoiled something. I guess Brian Cranston showed up <laughs> in El Camino. No, the but. Hell you say? Yeah, but that doesn't say it could have been a flashback. It doesn't mean yeah. that Walter is is alive or whatever. Brandon, you haven't seen it yet? No. I, Not interested? Sounds like you no, don't I want am. to. No, I am. I'm just, there's so much other stuff. I finally caught up on American Horror Story last night. So. I started Raising, Raising Dion on Netflix, and it is That's so good. good. That's real good. What, yeah. the, what the hell is that? Dion Warwick? It is a Dion, comic book. Dion Sanders? No. Oh, it's a comic book. Raising yeah. Canes? It's a comic book, actually, that they turned into a TV show. And at first I thought, you know, it kept coming up as like, you would be interested in this. And finally yesterday I go, all right, fine, I'll, I'll be interested. You keep pushing it on me, fine. It, yeah. And then I was like, oh, Michael B. Jordan's the father. I should have been into this weeks ago. Oh, he is? Yeah, he yeah. plays the dad in it. Is it a cartoon? Um, no, it's a it's a show about basically a kid who has supernatural powers. But it's live action. Yes, it's live action. And his mother, who's trying to protect him from, you know, you know, of course, the like 
the evil the government. government. It's the government for sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I guarantee you, it's the government. It's somehow. a business. Although the CDC does do some pretty d bag moves in it. <laughs> the booger man. We uh, continued to get a lot of comments. Who's the guy sitting in Joanna's seat? Woo! Who's the guy? The one who loves the camera. Joe that Pete. Girl. Joe Pete. Okay, so you weren't in here earlier, but I found out something about Joe Pete. Uh-oh. Do you want it? Oh, okay. this is super interesting, this is Brandon. Super interesting. Brandon, get ready. So, Grab some tea because it's about to be spilled. Brandon, do you remember when you had your wedding, your friends from Portland came in and there was a local celebrity they were excited about they wanted to see? Um, the guys who came in, the people who came oh, in. Oh, yeah, Portland. yeah. The, uh, the Bun of Justice. Yeah. yeah. Officers mm-hmm. in Dejas from, what's it called? P- Live PD. Live PD. Do you remember a news story a few weeks or months ago about. Uh, officers in Dejas was a passenger in a car with another police officer. In a car accident, yeah. Got in a car accident. Joe Pete was in the car they hit. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, we do gigs all the time, and you didn't think to bring this up when we're standing around in a parking lot for two hours? It's because I have I haven't seen Infinity the Infinity Wars yet. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no, yeah, I just I just lived about it, but um, yeah, it's a drunk officer, uh, hit me and my friend allegedly. Which, allegedly. I mean, well, he got allegedly. a DUI, right? It was. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, I'm just covering our ass, Joe. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, just yeah. add allegedly, allegedly after everything. So you were hit <laughs> allegedly. Although I think that was part of the reporting was that that he was uh, intoxicated. And so what, what unit was that police officer a part of? He was a DWI task force. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Wait, but there's there's so much more to this. Apparently, there's a thing called Dumpster Gate. Oh, I don't know how you missed Dumpster Gate when that happened. I was on vacation yeah. that week. We all were on vacation when it happened. Justin yeah. Underwood said it was the week before the tragic shooting. Uh-huh. I was out of town. So, yeah, we night. were all out on vacation. Tell me what Dumpster Gate so is. So, Dumpster Gate is... Um, Wait, wait, wait. law office. Hold on a second. Joe Pete, when you got hit by the police officer, uh-huh. wh- what happened? The, did you get out and say, hey, hello? man, why did you hit me? Did he pull out a badge? No, what he kind of was-, was just uh, pretending like he didn't just ram in the back of, like he had a ram too, so it lives up to his name. <laughs> <laughs> ram truck. Okay. How how fast was he going when he hit you? Uh, I had a exorbitantly high rate of speed and uh, <laughs> a what? An exorbitant high it's, rate of speed. Okay, an absorbent amount of speed. <laughs> absorbent, like extra absorbent, like down. It's two ply. The quicker picker. No, it's brawny, <laughs> brawny. Right. <laughs> All right. He was going fast. Did you get hurt? I. I don't think I should say it's things like oh, okay. that. Yeah, I don't right. know. Yeah. That's fine. It's currently in uh it's currently like we're working in litigation. It out. Yeah, but uh, Did it, the guy get in trouble? I mean he got I know he got in trouble for the DUI, but did he get fired or anything? Um he did not so I'm not sure. I I'm out on that question actually. I need a I need a it would be some good investigation to find out. Also, so uh, what? Ha- who showed up? Did police show up at the scene? Yeah, but the yeah, weird thing is there. that they took four hours to get there. <laughs> they were already there. They took a. Uh, took a- <laughs> 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 just we, we just got the call. All right. Wait, 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 uh-huh. Brandon. This gets crazier. No. Yeah. So what's the deal with Dumpster Gate? Okay. So 
at the end of July, beginning of August, uh, there was obviously there's a lot of security cameras around the law offices of Wyatt and Underwood. And one day they all of a sudden see this truck pull up, allegedly, and they start dumping papers out into their dumpster behind their law office. And it turns out when they went back there, because first of all, Wyatt the lawyer that he is, he's amazing, took out his camera and started recording what was happening and went outside to... Was this during the day or later? Yes, it, yes no, it in broad daylight. Okay, broad so somebody's daylight. dumping papers in, in their dumpster. Yeah, it's dumping papers in their dumpster, and it turns out... Okay, it's not out, a capital offense, but I get it. This yeah. Guy's it's phone, official it? paperwork, well, though. We're not there yet. So he goes out and accuses the guy and says, what are you doing? Turns out it was an El Paso Police Department officer... It was the that guy that hit throw, Joe Pete. It was the guy that hit Joe Pete throwing files from the police department into the lawyer. Dust, uh, um, uh, dumpster. So you Which is can, illegal in itself. Wait, wait, wait. And you didn't say Wyatt Underwood are Joe Pete's lawyers. The yeah. guy who hit allegedly Joe Pete <laughs> was allegedly dumping police files in the in the lawyer for the guy that he so allegedly hit. When when uh, Derek Wyatt, uh, lawyer Derek Wyatt, approaches them, the group of men that were throwing the papers away, they leave. How well, many men were there? One of them walks away and walks into a city, a building that's owned by the city of El Paso. So he has been identified as Officer Thomas Sneed, who was arrested. I arrest- wasn't going to say the dude's name. Oh, sorry. Uh, who was arrested for rear-ending a car. I mean, I think it was in the story. Uh, well, I'm reading it off of KTSM right now. No need for Sneed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I see have you not seen this video, Buzz? No, I, I oh, never man, heard about it before up. this morning. It. I'm telling you, we're going to talk about this after I, the show. I kind of unplug when I go tell. on vacation. Can I just say about you guys? We don't even know where you are. You guys are super lucky to have Joe Pete because he is a cool guy. Well, people want to know is Joe Pete going to be back? And I said, well, I didn't think so, but I actually like having Joanna in here. So Hi. since Joe Pete's been back there, Joanna's been in here, and I like that because she has to pay attention to you. Yeah, Buzz <laughs> likes to stare at somebody as he's talking. No, to them. he, he does. doesn't have to turn around for. His laugh. <laughs> no, I've noticed he still does that uh, to, to Joe, Joe Pete. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Cue laughter. The reason, the reason I like Sorry. Joanna in here is I feel like when they're when she's back there, Lisa and her go back there and talk about me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're less likely to no, do that. Instead, no, instead we just talk here. about talk you, about you in front of you. <laughs> here, I feel like the kids in the cat in the hat where they're waiting for their parents, watching the window. <laughs> you, hey, also, Joe Pete is like good friends with like Jacob Esparza too. So I don't know if you guys know him, but oh, God. those two together are like amazing. Well, everybody wants him to come back. Yeah. So whatever, uh, just bring him guy. back tomorrow. Yay! All right, I'll see you guys. All right. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting paid, there's uh, <laughs> welcome to the club, buddy. <laughs> Joe Pete might be a millionaire after getting hit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Rear-ended by a cop. I mean, in a car. We're gonna get that exclusive <laughs> interview. Let's do it. Being involved in a car wreck can be a stressful and confusing time. The Ruman Law Firm is prepared for exactly this type of situation. Let us fight the insurance companies while you take care of the most important thing. You and your loved ones. Let Chuck and the Ruman Law Firm handle your case so you can get the monetary damages you deserve. Make 845-4LAW your first call after an accident. Chuck Ruman, the people's injury lawyer.